0: All right, good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, December
1: 21st, 2021 meeting of the Zoning Board of Appeals It now being after 7 p.m. We are going to proceed. This meeting is being conducted remotely via Zoom pursuant to Governor Baker's June 16th, 2021 order um, as uh, may have been amended. And the first item on our agenda is to approve minutes of prior meetings. or circulated minutes from October 26, 2021 and from November 16, 2021. So I'm going to make a motion to approve to accept those minutes. Um, do I have a second on that motion? Second. Okay, thank you, Paula. I'm going to do a roll call. I am a yes. Paula? Yes. Brad? Yes. Tony? Yes. Dan? Yes. Heather? Yes. Okay, so the meeting minutes are accepted as prepared. The next matter on our agenda, actually, I should wait. Is is, um, Andy
2: going to be here tonight, Marissa? You know, he should be. He came up to pick a packet this uh, to pick up a packet this afternoon. So,
1: okay, I might just give him um, another minute. Um, We could take care of the um, to the extent I need to continue 2101. um, Which is the um, wind development petition. We continue that already to January 11th, correct?
2: We did at their uh, meeting on November 30th, and I all have right. a signed form from Chris trukas So,
1: okay, all right. So, if anyone was here thinking we might be hearing the Elm Place uh, petition, that matter will be heard January 11th um, at a special meeting. Um, then I could take care of item 10. We had a petition 2102 which um, for 161 steps and that has been withdrawn without prejudice by the petitioner. Uh, So I'm just going to make a motion to accept the request to withdraw without prejudice. Do I have a second on that motion? Second. Okay, I'm gonna just have a roll call. I am a yes, Dan? Yes. Brad? Yes. Yes. Paula? Yes. Tony? Yes. And Heather? Okay, so that,
3: yes. <laughs> that petition
1: is withdrawn without prejudice. So I see Andy, welcome. your Mark. All right, so the next um, item on our agenda will be items one and two, petition 2104, 2A and 2B for 53 Puritan uh, Road. I see Mr. Sheehan is present. Good evening.
4: Good evening. All
1: right. So first, I can tell you the last when we left off, there was a request that Max Casper appear uh, for questions that may uh, be presented by the board. Um, I can tell the board and the petitioner and the butter and the public that uh, Max Casper will not be here tonight um and um i have had a conversation um with max um and understand that um that on the advice of Town council that the matter be decided essentially on um the record the facts that are before us from this petition so i've also learned andy got here late that uh, Rich won't be here as well tonight because of a personal matter uh, so it's my intention to um, wrap up this um, petition I know there have been some new documents that have been submitted by attorney Schutzer that were added to the, the shared drive on or about 13th um, so um, I, I think that I'd, I'd like to limit our, um, our fact finding in this petition to new items that may have been raised and then um, look to make have any close our public hearing have any um, discussion amongst the board and then see if there's a motion to approve or deny um, the request for relief. So with that, I I will give um, the petitioner through attorney Sheehan the opportunity to address the board. And then I will give time to uh, attorney Schutzer and additionally hear from anyone else that wanted to be heard on this petition on essentially on new items I hope uh, that we can
5: limit it to. So Mr. Sheehan, uh, the floor is yours. Mark, before we we turn it over to uh, attorney Sheehan, can I just ask a, a, a favor? Um, <clears throat> could, could you just summarize in very few words? I mean, if you could be as brief as possible uh, and just bring us back to where we left off. Uh, again, not getting into every issue, but just, you know, if you could describe in summary terms, what relief are you looking for? And what do you think the issues are that we need to decide?
1: Okay, yeah, I think that's an excellent question or a way to phrase it. So thank you, Brad. So Mr. Sheehan, I'll leave it for you. And you may you may have a different uh, view of. than Attorney Schutzer. So I'll give Attorney Schutzer, when he begins his uh, comments, an opportunity to try and frame the arguments.
2: Uh, sorry, can I just say one thing too, before we begin? I just wanna clarify um, for the benefit. Um, of Attorney Sheehan, that we have Mullen affidavits on record um, for from Heather, excuse me, and Tony, who were both not present at the last meeting, and then um, uh, Vice Chair uh, Dan Doherty, who missed the hearing back in July, he has turned in a Mullen affidavit for that as well. So we have a full, a full uh, board voting board, I believe, that's eligible for tonight's petition.
6: Thank you very much. Good evening, Mr. Chair, honorable members. My name is Bill Sheehan. I practice law in Peabody, Massachusetts and representing Gerald and Carol Sneerson tonight regarding 53 Puritan Road. Um, I think that your job tonight has been made a little bit simpler, if not a lot simpler, uh, by three things. Number one, uh, the definition of building coverage having been changed in the night at the 2021 town meeting, a change which unfortunately I did not know about at the time that we filed our application. And so perhaps I have uh, certainly inadvertently uh, made more complicated uh, the issue as to phase two. Uh, Secondly, we have been assisted by the letter of town council Uh, Robin Stein, which I will be referring to from time to time this evening. And third, uh, I think things will be made much more simple by reason of the following. And that is that so long as uh, the board votes in favor of granting what we have called our phase two relief, which is on amended application 21-04-2A, We will then be seeking to withdraw without prejudice amended application 21-04-2B dealing with phase three. So what you're going to be hearing from me tonight uh, very briefly is just sort of a summary of the relief that we're looking for and hopefully I will be able to answer the questions of member Croft uh, as he has put them to the chair. Uh, So. Uh, Proceeding on uh, amended application 21-04-2A. All we're dealing with here is the construction of a second floor storage room of 100 square feet over a roofed but unenclosed porch. That is all as shown on mystery associates existing phase two plan dated June 2, 2021. Does the project involve an exterior addition or change of use? Does the project involve demolition of an exterior element? All of those questions I suspect will be raised by Mr. Schutzer, but the questions before this board are really much simpler than that. And the question is, as attorney Stein put it, the following. And the question is the following because we have not by way of phase two increased any nonconformity of the structure or of the lot. We are dealing with a nonconforming lot. We're dealing with a nonconforming structure as to frontage as to side setback and as to lot coverage, but nothing that we did in phase two increases any of those nonconformities. So we are looking at the twofold test of Belalta as laid out in the opinion letter of Attorney Stein. Part one of the test is the work that we're talking about, limited to phase two, increasing the non-conforming nature of any existing non-conformity? The answer to that question, if no, puts an end to the inquiry, although we will need that finding from this board. And the answer is no, because nothing that we did in phase two made the structure more nonconforming. We didn't get closer to the front line. We didn't get closer to the sideline. We did not increase the lot coverage, building coverage. And of course we didn't increase the uh, decrease the size of the lot. All that we have done in total between phase one and phase two is have added 410 square feet of gross floor area. So, if you find with respect to phase two that we have not increased the nonconforming nature of any existing nonconformity, that would be the end of your inquiry and you would so find. If you are to conclude that there has been an increase in the non-conforming nature of the existing non-conformity. Then we are faced with, or you are faced with, the uh, common, commonly stated, and I suspect something that you deal with all the time, common test of whether or not what we did is substantially more detrimental than what had existed to the neighborhood, the so-called test of a section six special permit. We don't think you get there because the work did not increase the non-conforming nature of the existing non-conformities. But if you do get there, the answer to the question is no. This work is not substantially more detrimental than the existing structure. It is a most modest increase in gross floor area of 100 square feet. The dwelling, is consistent with the architectural scale and style of the houses in the immediate area. You will recall, it seems like many, many months ago that in conjunction with our memorandum, we uh, served on the board a series of photos of the houses in the neighborhood. Uh, We gave you some assessor's records regarding the size, the gross floor area uh, of the buildings in the immediate neighborhood. Our gross floor area after phase two is 2,358 square feet. Fits in quite nicely with our neighbors. Number 55 has 4,023 square feet. Number 57 has 3,554 square feet. And number 45 has 2,198 square feet. So the house as we propose it through phase two fits in the neighborhood, none of the concerns that uh, the zoning bylaw states with respect to, to traffic and parking and utilities and all of those things, none of those things are implicated by what we have done here. Uh, and so for all of the reasons that you've heard over the last few months, why you've been so patient listening to us uh, and for what reasons that I've just indicated and most particularly uh, in consideration of the tests as has been determined to be applied by town council, uh, we would ask you first to make a finding that we have not increased the non-conforming nature of the existing non-conforming structure. And if you do find that we have, that you would grant the special permit because we have met the test for a section six special permit. And with that, I think you've heard enough from the applicant over the months, but I'm here here to answer any questions that you may have. Mr. Croft, I hope I have answered your question. And if I have not, I ask you to uh, tell me what else you need.
5: Well, I I thought um, it was very clear uh, and concise. And um, uh, if in fact, the board votes in favor, of the relief you're seeking on phase two then you would be withdrawing your phase three relief without prejudice is that right
6: that is correct sir
5: okay okay i i'm I'm good
1: any other questions from the board for mr sheehan before i turn it over to mr schutzer hearing none okay ken floor is yours thank you thank you all very much and um Hopefully, um, uh,
7: I will be as succinct, uh, probably not, um, as Mr. Sheehan. Uh, it's our position um, that a lot of what you have heard, and I know you're trying to develop a record, is, uh, is anecdotal. And I, I know the difficulty that we've had because we haven't had the individuals who were part of the process present uh, to respond. And that's one of the reasons I thought that Max Casper's request to be here Would allow us uh, to avoid putting words in his mouth and making assumptions predicated upon our beliefs. Uh, It is my understanding and it is our position that the application itself is deficient. It's deficient because it starts with an application for building permits uh, which were deficient, uh, building permits which were uh, inaccurate. Um, I've done a little bit of research within the last month to try to get a better understanding as to the process and, and I got that and I'm gonna to have to speak through Mr. Baldacci because he's not here. I try to understand how the process works and I think it's a value to the board in understanding its role. An applicant uh, electronically is asked to fill out a form. In uh, the form, once you start filling it out, uh, it has fields in it and the fields are propagated uh, when certain questions of the questions are answered either yes or no. So the, the first permit Uh, that it was suggested was a permit as of right, which was permit B, (coughs) 1929. It's our position that it wasn't a permit as of right, but the other aspect of the permit uh, is very telling because there's information that's contained in that permit which is deficient from the permit, which is the cause of some of the consternation that we're dealing with tonight. And I'd like to go through that and if, if, if we could, Marissa, if you could bring up building permit application B1929. It was uh, created on January the 23rd, 2019. Could you do that for me, please?
2: Yes, just give me one second while
7: I get oh, up. No, I'm, I'm going to be asking a lot, so thank you very
0: much. Sure. We're getting there. My computer is uh not a fan tonight.
2: Um sorry, attorney Schutz, the permit number one more time. B nineteen
7: twenty-nine. B nineteen
2: twenty nine. Okay. Is the correct
7: one? That, that is correct. Um, I, I would say for the edification of the board, the uh, the issues uh, that I'm addressing, I highlighted, I took the liberty. So the application would not have been highlighted, but for my, uh, those marking it. So you'll see application B, uh, 1929. Uh, the application was created on January the 23rd, 2019. And it was created on the date that the applicant Began the process. It's to add an approximately 310 square feet onto an existing footprint. Uh, this is a footprint of a structure that is a pre-existing or it's a non-conforming structure to begin with, and it's on a non-conforming lot. So when the application was filled out, and we can go to the next page now, uh, you will see that there are certain fields, and I identified those. The first field is a field identifying whether it's in a flood zone, and it's and the applicant indicates that it's in an AE uh, zone. And what's important is when we go to section 4.2.0.0, uh, we will it'll be determined that part of the application requires uh, that we review the coastal flood area overlay district. Uh, if it falls in a day two zone, so I just ask you to remember that section. Uh, we then go to the the next page. It also says it's a flood zone. Uh, the next page asks certain questions, and these questions are important because, as I indicated earlier, and from my understanding from talking uh, to Mr. Baldacci, when the application is filled out, if there if it's a no, then it doesn't it doesn't generate an additional field. So. The first question that's asked under necessary approvals, uh, is the property located near a wetland or land subject to the Wetlands Protection Act? The answer is unsure. Now, what's interesting is that the the applicant had indicated earlier in the application that it's in a flood zone. By by including unsure, the additional fields are not propagated. The next question uh, that I addressed is the property located within a local historic district. In that, in this answer, similarly, the answer is unsure. I can indicate to you that within the week, he was before the historical commission, which identified the lot uh, as historically significant. The next page goes on, and this is where I think Mr. Sheehan had indicated earlier. It says, uh, "Does the project involve demolition of any exterior element?" Any answers? Yes. But is the historical approval required? There is no answer there. He he, he did not answer that question. The other thing you'll find interesting, at least I did, and these are the questions I asked of Mr. Baldacci, is this section dealing with attachments. And that's on that same page. And you will see that there were two attachments that were uploaded. Attachment one was the initial determination letter, and the second, which was uploaded by Max Casper. And what's interesting as well, Is it will tell you who uploaded them and where they came from. And the second was uploaded by Max Casper, and that was done on February the 13th as well. And that was a a set of plans. Now, there's also, along with this application, uh, something I was unaware of. There's a history, and the history chronicles all the activity on this application everything that was done by all of the respective boards, what was done by the building commissioner, what was done by the Electrical department, what was done by the plumbing department. And it goes through in, in detail by date the activities. And you will see, and you will see that on the, on the following page, all of the activity that was done uh, the permit being paid, administrative review, the health department approval, a dumpster permit approval, a permitting fee, an excavation inspection, rough electrical, HVAC, rough framing, insulation inspection. Final electric and final building. Now, what what's interesting is and what's important is is you will you saw the chronology of the events and you saw the interaction of, of the building inspector in terms of incorporating the history of this property. Um, I would ask you now to go to the permit in question, which is permit nineteen five eighty eight, and that was the permit for which there was some concern because there was never. Uh, a detailed set of plans until later a set of plans was, was discovered. Um, in that application, you will see that it was created on November the 5th, 2019. This was done some 11 months later. And so I asked the building inspector under the description of proposed work because there was a suggestion made that the word miscellaneous could be construed to mean anything even though it talks about interior gut out, remodeled kitchen, baths, exterior shingles, windows, miscellaneous, there, there never is incorporated in the description, the word roof or the exterior change uh, in the structure. So I, I asked the, uh, the building inspector, who is, how does that language get included uh, in the application? I was advised that that was the, uh, the terminology, the wording, that was used by the applicant. I, I said, well, it's it's interesting because the building permit that we were shown by Mr. Sheehan, uh, that was part of the record at the, our last meeting had the identical verbiage, exactly word for word. And, and, and I said to him, and I asked him, I said, how is that? He said, because when the application comes in, it's given a number, in this case, B19588. And in that building permit is the description of work uh, word for word. I asked him what in the event happens if the work is not consistent with the description. Uh, his answer was, well, that's what one of the things that we're, we're responsible for. So in, in that regard, he and I went through this permit. Uh, I, we had a meeting and I, I asked him um, when it said uh, under the flood zone details, it says waterfront, in flood zone. I said it it doesn't have anything about the the AE. He said well the applicant elected not to include that. I then went on to ask him about the necessary approvals. Uh, Once again in this approval the question was asked is it located near wetland or land subject to wetland protection act. Similarly the answer was unsure which didn't engender uh, the additional fields. But then we got on to the third page And the third page is the area where I was concerned because the third page asked a very direct question for which there was a a clear and unequivocal answer. That question is as follows. Does the project involve an exterior addition or change of use? It Says no, not unsure, doesn't say yes. And clearly, clearly we have seen uh, pictures of the original building and we've seen pictures of the enlarged structure. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not extending myself by suggesting that this does or, does or does not include exterior addition or change, it does. Then goes on to ask, is this in a local historic district? Once again, it's unsure. Now it's even more difficult now because during the pendency between the January and the November meeting, there was a meeting of the historical commission. In that historical commission meeting, there was a determination based on the date of the structure and the fact that it had been included in a list of historically significant buildings in the town of Swampscott. And that information was, in fact, related to the applicant. The applicant is then asked, does the project involve demolition or any exterior element? Now, this is even more clear, to which the answer is no. So he's suggesting that in the application, for which he is seeking relief, that it will not include any exterior demolition uh, of any exterior element. Uh, the roof has been changed, the windows have been changed, the, the framing has been changed. In, is this in a historical is, is historical re- approval required? There is no answer. Now, what's important here is this. Uh, when I spoke to both Mr. Casper earlier, well before this got into where it is, and I spoke to, um, and that's why I would have won Mr. Casper here, and I also had spoken with Mr. Baldacci. I said, how does this process work for which the historical commission is brought into the process? He said, it's brought into the process if the applicant indicates that the building is historically significant and or whether uh, it requires historical approval. When it doesn't, it sort of stops there because it doesn't ask any more questions. The fields don't open. Uh, the, the information for which the building inspector would then be able to work off of isn't there. So I then said to him, uh, this is now Mr. Baldacci. I, I said, you know, there's been a set of plans that have surfaced and you had indicated at the last hearing that it appeared that Max Casper's handwriting was on the uh, plan on the, on the first page of the rolled up plan. He said, that is correct. I said, where did that come from? He said, I don't know. I said, where does it normally come from? Well, he said, it's usually one of two things occur. Uh, If somebody is filling out an application uh, at our office uh, by hand or in writing or in ink, they'll, they'll deliver it to us at that point. But in this case, it was all done electronically. And I said, well, what was filed? He said, look at attachments. And in attachments, it just says the survey plan uploaded by Gerald Sneerson on November the 5th at 7.05 PM. I said, well, unlike the earlier permit 1929 that indicates that a set of plans were, were filed simultaneously, I don't see one here. He said, that means that one was not filed, or at least it wasn't filed at the time of the application. I then asked him to go through the history and, and how it's distinguishable. Well, he indicates that the application came in on November the 5th, um, that there was on November the 27th, Max approved uh, a step building department review and a payment was received, I believe on December the 2nd. Um, no, excuse me, on November the 27th. Uh, and then the permit issued on December the 2nd. What is different about this application is the history stops there it appears and this is why I needed to speak to, to have Max available he's not but I did speak to mr. Boldacci. I said what the fact that it's not there what can one glean what can one intuit from its failure to be there He said it appears that there was no further activity that the applicant did not seek uh, any uh, approvals further from us nor were we asked to make an inspection. So I said, therefore, the inspections stop as of December the second, two thousand and nineteen. Even though the work is still progressing today, he said, that's why we're here. That's the issue. So my concern is, is that in order for an application to go through the normal process, there has to be candor. And, but it's more than just the candor; it's the fact that these are being signed under the pains and penalties of perjury. A box is checked, an applicant's name is inserted. And that's what the building inspector works off of. Um, We have never determined, and these applications for permits um, don't assist in determining when that set of plans was ever delivered uh, to the town hall, even though it's now resident at the town hall. Um, There is no indication, and Mr. Baldacci can tell you this, but he's not here, uh, whether those were even available at the time that the application Was even acted on they were dropped off at some later point and they were there they were marked in and they were then apparently brought down into the basement now it's our position that one of the factors that is required in an application for zoning relief and i alluded to this in my earlier conversation was a coastal flood area overlay district application request now why is that well it's that reason for two reasons under 4200 it talks about property located in an AE zone. That's in 4230, if you want to just zip over to there. It talks about location of the district. Uh, so in 4230, we have an AE. Mr. Sneerson identifies this as an AE. He doesn't even indicate that he's unsure. At that point, he is sure. And then it talks about what areas or what buildings are have to be addressed uh, and what are permitted and what is not. Now, what is interesting is that there is a section called 4282 that talks about variation by special permit. And this is where the board has to opine. And under 4282, it talks about the restoration or reconstruction of a structure listed on the national register or an official state inventory of historic places. Well, it's my belief that it is. It's my belief that the historical commission has made that determination. It's my belief that the application fails to seek that relief and therefore, the application cannot move forward until that is is addressed. It's also my position, as I said earlier, that the historical commission, and I'm not going to go through this again, um, would, would have been involved, but for the fact that the application for the building permit indicated that they were unsure of whether the building was historically significant, even though the letter of uh, February the 8th indicates that the the lot itself is historically significant. Uh, It is for those reasons that even though the board may feel that it has the authority under a section six special permit to, to grant the relief, I don't believe that we're properly before this board, because I believe that the application is deficient. I believe that what they're seeking for relief is deficient. And I believe the fact that the applicant failed to address the historical commission through channels for which he would, could easily have done that by checking off the correct box and indicating that it is in historic district, indicating, in fact, that there was going to be exterior changes to the structure, whereas he indicated, no, it was not, or indicated he was unsure. Uh, that it it puts both the building department, as well as the Board of Appeals, uh, at an unenviable task of trying to address this uh, by looking at a specific point in time, which is the point in time when the work has already been done. Now, the the process was created to, to work through a process. This process is working in reverse. It's a process where the building has already been built. The damage has been partially done except for the historical commission who has the authority to undo it by incorporating in their decision which they did that the applicant restore the building to its original pre-january 23rd 2019 condition which is historically significant it's for those reasons and i'm not challenging any of the comments that attributed to the um, to town council uh even though i would have appreciated town council informing uh, at least the, the abutter that, that Max Casper was being relieved of his responsibility to appear, be, because I'd much prefer to have asked those questions of him directly, rather than what we've been doing for the last three months, which is trying to intuit what we believe he meant, or what was meant uh, by some of the letters that were written, other than what, what's very clear to me, which is the applications, which is a very detailed chronology of the history. And in that, be, uh, 5, excuse me, uh, B, 588. There is no history whatsoever of an application permit, excuse me, application plan coming in, or the seeking of the necessary uh, subpermits or inspections by the building inspector or anyone in his department. I would ask the the board to deny the application, to, to deny it with prejudice, to to. A seed to the request of the sister board, the historical commission, the historical commission said that the only permit that should be granted is a permit from the building department to rebuild this building to its original condition. And in that I, I would ask the board uh, to to send this back to remand it back to the historical commission if they want to make further findings uh, and, and at this point to deny the application or at least allow him to withdraw without prejudice to some of these issues get fleshed out because they're open. Uh, They could have easily have been clarified at least from my point of view. I I know that uh, the chair is trying to develop a record based upon the materials that we have, but there's limited materials and there's a lot of history and we don't have it all. But I'll tell you this, we have everything that that exists by form of paper or, or electronically that I could get my hands on. I spent the last month trying to dig through every imaginable file looking for every document which would give me some indication because i was going to use these questions to ask of mr casper so i could then afford the board some more information so you didn't have to opine as to what you think has happened over the last two years because all i know has happened is that there have been multiple permits some have been denied some have not been acted on And some have been acted on, even though they don't even grant the relief that's being sought. And and it's for those reasons I would respectfully ask the board deny the applicant's request. And I thank you for your time. I thank you for your consideration. I would tell you this, I I represent Mr. Bethel. Mr. Bethel has lived next to this property for years. He has seen this property morphing over the years. He's seen it done without the benefit of permits and he's concerned. And it was his concern that resulted in, in my being engaged to address the board to find out things that he couldn't find out on his own as to the history of this property. Um, you know, I, I know that Mr. Sneerson uh, inherited some of these issues, but he also took those issues and brought them to a new level. And that's a level which is outside of the purview of the building inspector and clearly doesn't present when the applicant seeks relief from this board. Thanks. Thank you very much.
1: Ken, I, I have a, a couple of questions for you. Sure. Absolutely. Is that Robin Stein in her letter, her opinion letter that she provided, uh, that has been shared? um, She says that the town of Swampscott in our bylaw essentially cannot provide sections or restrictions that exceed um, 40A, and um, particularly the, the relevant section of. 40A Section 6. Um, So, if 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 you were to take her opinion that our bylaw in 2.2.73 is providing for an increased standard and therefore is is not permitted, the the question I would have is number one. How can the section about the coastal um, flood zone flood area overlay district therefore regulate uh, what is permitted under uh, Chapter Forty? That would be my first question, and my uh, my second question is that the that coastal flood area overlay district. I understood it more to be with respect to building, that it's a building commissioner issue more so than a zoning issue. So I don't know. I'll, if them.
7: I'll be glad to answer both of them. Um, the first one actually is, is a very simple answer. Um, Ms. Stein reviewed whatever materials were presented to her. I don't know. I wasn't present there. But what I do know is that the Attorney General's Office reviewed our bylaw in its, its, in its entirety uh, and it's been adopted, it's been allowed, it's been certified, and it's it's based upon that bylaw and the attorney general's determination as to its validity um, that that it, it comports with 40A, that it doesn't exceed the provisions of 40A, and, and that's what we work with. You know, that's our that's the gold standard, is the attorney general's office. Uh, if there was some issue with regard to the, to the legality of our bylaw. You know, the, the, we, we don't do it at a zoning hearing. Uh, it's challengeable. I assume anything is challengeable, but it clearly is not challengeable by an individual uh, who is is town council for the town of Swampscott. Uh, all of these bylaws, by the way, were done and observed and reviewed by the same town council uh, who now is actually, it's a different individual, um, but it was Copeland and Page, which reviewed all of these bylaws before they were even part of the warrant that then became part of the zoning bylaw, that then became part of of what we have to work with. And at this moment in time, those bylaws, the provisions in those bylaws do not exceed the authority granted under 48. Um, there, There could be a difference of opinion, but the only opinion that matters at this point is the attorney general. And it has gone through a the attorney general, and as I said earlier. It also went through Koppelman and Page, which indicated that the warrant, and the warrant article, and the allowance of town meeting to approve that warrant article were valid. And and I don't know what Attorney Stein saw. I don't know what a, I wasn't present. I wasn't even privy to the materials that were being presented, nor the question that was being asked. Um, as far as the well, well, I'm going
1: to ask you a question. I. I... I suggested that you provide you and attorney Sheehan provide um, memorandum proposed findings effect. I believe that was all submitted to attorney Stein, but I can't. Okay, do I don't. It wasn't to, by, by the way, I was we on a the second question about. Okay. okay. The, second, the second question you course. asked
7: me, which actually dovetails into the very first question. was a section that permits a special permit to be granted in um, an under section 4280, it said, variation by special permit. The Board of Appeals may grant a special permit varying these requirements. So to suggest that the board, A, doesn't have the authority or it falls within the purview of the building department uh, stands in in direct opposition to the very wording of the article itself, which, which affords this board the opportunity, and by the way, the application itself has a box to check for relief under that section. Now, now you can only ask yourself why would it have a section that grants you the authority that talks about a special permit, and then to suggest that the that that it's outside of the authority of the board and and is a building inspector issue uh, is
1: just I I don't understand the question then. Well, maybe maybe I should frame the question a little bit differently, because the petitioner is here asking for specific relief. They haven't asked for relief under 4.2.8.0 to vary the requirements of, of the coastal flood area overlay district, right? Well, I,
7: believe, I believe that, that, it is mandated well, that
1: it's mandated because it's determined.
7: Like no, 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 no. you asked a question. I really want to answer it because I think it's germane.
0: You, you Why are we
7: there? Because, because it, it indicates the location of the, the district is a zone AE. The applicant himself indicates it's a zone AE. The applicant's attorney at the last hearing confirmed it was a zone. AE, um, I'm not. I'm not.
1: And i'm. You, saying, let me yeah, finish the question. Okay, all right. Maybe you should listen. Let me finish the question. Okay, and then we can. I'm, I'm trying to focus on a specific issue here. Okay, the petitioner has come before this board, filed two amended petitions for relief, asked for relief. We've got an opinion from town council. We have your sep- your argument that this particular section on the coastal flood area overlay district and it being in an AE zone, which they haven't asked for relief is germane to our consideration. So if on the phase two, um, work, if they did not request at the initial determination from the building inspector for the relief, Um, They obtained a building permit now they're coming before this board for zoning relief. My question is a procedural question. If, if the work had not already been done as we sit here today. What would the process be if the building permit simply issued and you determined if you if you challenged the building permit because zoning relief was needed to vary the coastal flood area overlay district because it was a historic structure and there was some need to vary this section, would your remedy be to request a determination by the building inspector? And if aggrieved then to appeal to our board or to file um, a direct appeal, perhaps a cert appeal to the land court? You know, I am not sure, but I'm, I'm suggesting that it's not relief that the petitioner has requested. So if we were not to grant that relief, and if you are aggrieved by our board's determination, uh, or by the petitioner not having that relief and you think they need it, I think there's an avenue for appeal um, by your client Um, if it's been built and it's, and they needed additional relief, so I, I think you have you've made the record clear that you're suggesting that the petitioner needs that relief. So if this board were to grant the phase two relief and um, not grant any of any relief or make any finding under this the the AE district, the AE zone determination, and that relief was in fact required. Um, and I think there's, there's a remedy, but I understand your, um, your position that you believe that the petitioner required this specific zoning relief and has failed to do so, and that we should deny phase two relief for what they built because they failed to do so, right?
7: That, that, that's part of my argument.
1: My argument would be
7: if the burden falls or there's burden shifting to the building inspector but the application fails to identify the 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 area for which the building permit is subject then then there's burden shifting because the 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 burden is always on the applicant who's filing these applications under the pains and bellies of perjury to do his due diligence to answer the questions um it doesn't shift to the building inspector to to determine that that the applicant has provided misinformation um, because that seems to be the shifting that, that, that would be occurring uh, to, to appeal a building permit on the theory that the permit was granted based upon all of the facts that were necessary to make that determination has been dispelled by just looking at the application itself and, and knowing that the, the plans were never submitted with the application according to the building application history, which is the only facts that exist before us at this point. Now, you could have asked a question could have been asked uh, of, of the of the building inspector. Uh, he's not here, so we, we go in the history, and, and the history is silent to that. So, so sure, if you if you wish to grant the applicant's relief based upon a, a belief, I, that's pure, purely your 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 authority to do that, and then put the burden on the on the abutter to disprove it. I'm saying to you that it never should get this far. That, that it failed from the very onset, and therefore the application is deficient. It's not very different, by the way, from an application that comes in and you say, you know, the relief you're seeking really isn't this; it's that, and you send them back to to repair, to amend their application. Similarly, it's my position and the position of the abutter that the application is deficient; that you can't act on it because it doesn't seek the necessary relief to grant you the authority to grant the the uh, the special permit for under section six, it, it, it's it's a compilation of things. It's similar to a site plan. You know, if they didn't ask for a site plan, you couldn't grant it. If it required site plan, even though you, even though you, you could say a building inspector granted it, but it, but if the request wasn't in it and he wasn't advised, as in this application was, he wasn't advised how many square feet you're adding on or something such as that. You would say, wait a second, you know, Mr. Applicant. Let's step back here, and why don't you file an amended application seeking the the requisite relief, telling us all the answers to the questions that are on our billing application. I'll then take a look at it. I'll then make a determination, and then we'll go with that information. I I mean, unfortunately, it's anecdotal. It's all based upon assumptions that we've made. I've made different assumptions than Mr. Sheehan. Mr. Sheehan's assumption was that it had to have been filed at the time. Uh, even though it was never date stamped, even though it never there was no there's no indicia whatsoever of this set of plans ever having gone through the normal course of observation by the building department. There's no stamp. There's no date. There's there's nothing in the history. There's nothing. It just now exists in town hall. When it came there, how it got there, under what circumstances, it's unknown. It's absolutely and and you know something what would have made it abundantly clear as in the earlier application. As the applicant would have, would have incorporated that uh, by way of a PDF and downloaded it the same way he downloaded the, su- the survey. It didn't happen. So, so my theory is slightly different. My, my theory is based upon inadequacy of the application. I'm not even getting into the merits of, that were, were opined by Ms. Stein uh, as to your authority. I'm, I'm saying that, that, that for you to get to Ms. Stein, you made certain uh, conclusions, and the conclusions were that the information that you were provided was full inadequate and inadequate. It was sufficient for you to then make a determination. It was my role to act as the detective, the investigator, to go and check all of these applications, to, to rummage through the drawers in the building department, and to come up with what was ever there, and, I, and I've done the best I can. And what I have for you suggests that the applicant has not met his burden. Of providing a full, complete, accurate, and I would even suggest, honest application, because he his answers to questions such as "Is there any exterior work to be done on the structure?" and he says "No," I, I think that, that that really questions the veracity of the applicant, and if anything would give would give some credibility to the to the next door neighbor who can't figure out what's going on because there's nothing at town hall that even remote is remotely close to what's happening. In front of them,
1: uh, I, I understand all. I understand all of that. The the, okay. the okay. application okay. was deficient. That's your argument. I, I I myself, having some experience with, with not the Swampscott bylaw with coastal flood area overlay district, in the AE zone, but I, I have experience with the velocity zones and litigating those cases, and I, I mean I I think myself that. Um, it deems whether or not the state building code and what what happens with mechanicals being raised to above the. Our,
7: our, our bylaw, and I, and I know I'm interrupting Mark, talks about special purpose. This board had, your board has the authority, if it was before you, to waive certain criteria after you get into the, the weeds of what exactly are you building? What are
1: you doing? Right, and and he once you know that. Relief. And, if he doesn't need relief for anything that's impacted. If he built, if he just put a roof on, a, on this open porch and he doesn't put any mechanicals below 10 feet, it's not but, triggering but, anything with the
7: state- I'll tell you the disconnect here, Mark. The disconnect is, is that on a, on a purely esoteric basis, you're correct. Our bylaw though, identifies historically significant buildings, puts them in a separate category, identifies them as needing relief from this board. The board can either waive those special permit requirements or not. But the board is in no position to waive anything unless the applicant seeks the
1: relief, which right, is that, not
7: included in the application. That is
1: if, if you had a historically significant building, like we do here, okay. According to the determination you're telling me that was made. If the state building code said, because you're in the AE zone, you have to have all your mechanicals up 12 feet, it would give us. The jurisdiction to vary that but but you that's know mark,
7: mark mark no what, what i'm saying is the state building code is apples the zoning bylaw and the purview and the authority that you have in the jurisdiction that you bleed from in that is 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 oranges and, and that's in our bylaw our bylaw provides for that our bylaw has been accepted adopted ratified and, and stamped for approval by the attorney general's office That's where you get your authority. You don't get it from the building code. The building inspector does.
1: No, I I see it as a different issue. I think your client has a remedy if there's been a violation and they haven't sought the relief that they required that was required by our bylaw. But I don't think it's germane to our decision tonight on phase two relief. That's just my opinion. I'm gonna let Mr. Sheehan have a a brief amount of time if he wanted to rebut.
3: Can
1: I I ask ask a a quick
3: question? Go ahead, Brad. Hold
1: on, Mr. Sheehan. I'm going to let my board ask the question that they
5: Um, and and Ken. If you could just just please try to answer the question I ask, and not the question that you know you hope I ask. Um, So, with respect to the existing nonconformity and whether or not there has been an increase in any existing nonconformity. Um, Mr. Sheehan said to us that there has been no increase in any uh, non-conformity with respect to the structure. Uh, Do you agree? I disagree. Okay, why? Because the structure itself
7: is on a lot which is non-conforming and the structure is currently non-conforming. And any change in a non-conforming structure triggers a section six special permit according to my, my review of, of, of that section. I mean, otherwise, you you guys would have nothing to do. My, my,
5: uh, I mean, my anytime, question, though, specifically is how has what they have proposed or what they have done, how has that increased an existing nonconformity?
7: I, I, I'm saying it's a presumptive nonconformity. My, my position has been that if the law, under our bylaw, under our suggests, that if the if the building is a pre-existing non-conforming structure on a non-conforming lot therefore it has inadequate frontage or inadequate lot you know the, the lot size of the lot is not 20,000 square feet and if you add to that structure which is non-conforming it triggers section six as opposed to a dimensional sp- special permit which increases the non-conformity by by bringing the non-conformity closer to either a sideline or rear line My position is, and and, and maybe you disagree, that if that structure is a pre-existing non-conforming structure because of the benefits that afforded single and and two-family structures, they only have to get a Section 6 special permit, which is a lower standard, which is is sufficiently uh, more detrimental, but it still requires zoning relief. So, And it requires zoning relief because of the fact that that the the applicant has purchased a pre-existing Lot that is undersized has inadequate frontage, and, and the structure itself is not cited dimensionally. The appropriate. Okay. Again, my question
5: from- is: if you believe that this has increased an existing non-conformity, how? How so? Where is it? Lo- I can go through every setback if you want. How? No,
7: no, 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 no. What I'm what I'm saying to you, and and this is this is my opinion. My opinion is that our bylaw provides that any structure. That is, that is a pre existing non conforming structure on a non conforming lot requires a special permit. I don't see anything in our bylaw that obviates that requirement. If that law, for the sake of this discussion, and this is now hypothetical, if, if the structure was on a conforming lot and was a conforming structure, then the answer to your question would be: You're correct. Uh, there is no demonstrable ad- addition to this nonconformity to make it fall within the, within the section itself. But the house itself, because of its being on a nonconforming lot, and the structure itself, because of its proximity to the side li- current sidelines, puts it in but a that, specialized category. Understand
5: that then none of that is changing based upon the work. So let me ask this question: If the Section Six special permit applies. Yes. Uh, how has there been a, you know, you know, where is the substantially more detrimental, uh, you know, condition uh, compared to the existing? How is I, I mean, what, what has been proposed substantially more detrimental?
7: Well, I, I think I, I suggested earlier. that That's not the thrust of my comment. I, I'm not. So you don't arguing think it that, is. I'm, I, I'm not. Arguing Would you agree? i I'm, I'm, I'm not conceding it but, I'm but you're not objecting not, I, I'm, to it I'm, I'm, that's not the thrust of my argument my Understood. argument is as has
5: been explained to you yep you, you don't have to repeat it i understand so on that on that specific issue though you're not objecting to what attorney should oh, oh no I'm, I'm
7: objecting but i'm i'm not i'm not disagreeing in a position to to confirm that i believe or my client believes or i think that it's it's it's, it's so overwhelming that the that the nonconformity is substantially more detrimental than the existing non-conformity. OK, thank you.
5: That answers in my question, so no, let me You know something, Mr.
7: Croft, you, you raise a fascinating yeah. question. Because before, before, the very I, nature- before
5: I let you begin, sir, Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask you to just just conclude, because you answered my question. And I also want to be respectful of Heather, who I know has a question for you, too. And I also want to be cognizant that there are a lot of other people here who want to you know have their matters heard. This is, I think, what is it, the third hearing we've had on this petition. So I, I really want to stop you here and, and defer to uh, to Heather. So, Heather, do you have a question?
3: I do. Um, one question, kind of a sequence of events. Did the roof line change under permit uh, B-1929 or nineteen five eighty eight?
7: It's my belief it was the second 588.
3: Is when the roof line changed.
7: Yes. Yeah,
3: and had that application. I think, that's, I think
7: that's accurate. That's my that's my that's my belief. I don't know that to be true, but that's what I believe it to be.
3: Okay, had that application been filled out properly and said yes, there will be demolition. Yes, there will be a change to the exterior. That would have triggered historic. Correct. And my question, I guess this question is more for Mark. Uh, so when historic has been triggered. Let's pretend the construction hadn't, you know, we're starting fresh. The construction hasn't already exist doesn't already exist, and they present to us their findings. How does that affect? How does how does historic's findings affect our ability to grant the special permit that um, that they need relief for?
8: They're
1: an independent board that has their own um, jurisdiction. What we do is we invite comments from all types of boards and agencies in town with every application and we have procedurally taken those comments and decided what we're going to adopt what we're not going to adopt. And if there are uh, we, we have some teeth and we typically will look to make conditions about compliance with other boards for their jurisdiction what we're hearing from um town council we we asked the question about about historic uh and we were essentially advised to make our own uh determination based on our record and the historic issues are being raised at historic so um, so if
3: we were if we were looking at this application before anything was built and everything had been done done properly and nineteen five eighty eight said yes indeed there was going to be demolition yes indeed we're changing the exterior um and they went to you know all the, the boards are supposed to go we'd be sitting here with a report from um historic um we'd, we'd and we'd be making that to, and we'd be ne- kind of negotiating what this plan should look like and what really this exterior of this building should look like with the consideration of that advice from historic
1: well our, our practice has been that an applicant get through all the other boards before we grant our relief uh, right
3: so uh, so unfortunately we don't done. you know we don't we're in a strange we're in a different situation in that the building's already been been destroyed in the sense that the historic significance has already been lost um so i guess um since we are kind of seeing this as okay, we're 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 um, determining whether or not they're eligible for a special permit. We don't. We kind of no longer have that sort of negotiating power that we would say. Well, let's let's listen to what historic has to say. Let's incorporate that into the plan. How can we preserve some of these things and still move forward with your project the way you want it? We kind of, we can't do that now.
0: So well,
1: we... the argument could be that on the face to relief, that the only question for our board from a zoning perspective is that. If, if we find that they were not increasing any of the nonconformities under the Peralta case, that um, if the answer is no, um, then we're done. If they really don't need um, other relief from us. So um, if we find that the phase two hasn't increased the non nature of any nonconformity, our that's it we make that finding and that's it they're not asking us for a special permit they're asking
9: us for um for a finding hey mark can i jump in
10: sure i I think i'm
9: i'm kind of following i'm i'm in i think in heather's camp where i'm troubled by virtue of the fact that you know he wasn't sure it's historic but he didn't do fill out the application correctly but that being said, if he had and he went to historic, what's the point if then the people historic says, look, this is historic, you've got to do it this way, and then they'd say they just do it the way they want to do it and disregard historic and then say, look, well, it's done, so the cat's out of the bag, you can't make me put it back. Why does anybody come for any permit? You know it, 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 why? Why even have historic if it doesn't mean anything? I mean, it's clearly they didn't go to historic. A historic a would not have let them change change this building the way it looked. It wouldn't look like it looks now because it doesn't look like what the historic aspect of it was. And to then reward them because they just went ahead and did it, as opposed to at some point you got to say no. You know, you know, you did it, but. You shouldn't have you got to go back to square one
1: well let's yeah. let's let's play it out that if if we had the, the work had it been done and this okay went to historic there was a finding there that i think they have authority for demolition delay but they came here looking for zoning relief and the question before us is the question that robin stein has framed if if they if there isn't and because of the change to our bylaw, if there isn't a, um, in, if, if, the, if it were 2021 after this change, if there wasn't this open space or a lock coverage issue, and there was no increase in the nonconformities that existed, how do we not make that finding? I, I think that's also part of the, um, the issue before us.
3: But but I then then it kind of goes back to what Andy said is that then then there's zero point to historic at all. Historic has to inform our decision. Um,
9: there, if, if, there's no way that we would allow historic if historic said no. You we would never have allowed the roof line changes in this building to look like this look if it had gone through the right process. Think of if now they, the if they were looking forward. for a
1: special permit. They're they're not looking for a special permit. So if. If, it, if we, that's where we would have-
9: Whether end. they're looking for a uh, dimension, they are by virtue of altering a non-conforming building on a non-conforming lot.
1: And Robin Stein is giving her interpretation of the Beralta case. And I've read Beralta, I've read the line of cases. And you know, I, I'm, I'm one voice here. I just wanna make sure I make the record. I don't wanna dominate the discussion.
10: Can, can oh. I? Ask, sorry. 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 Sorry.
1: sorry,
11: I'm trying to figure out when was the bylaw changed. Was it after the work? When was the town boy bylaw changed? It was
1: after the work was completed.
11: So sh- should we be looking at the bylaw before the work was started, which was when they would have come for relief, um, if they have come one, the right way?
1: I, I believe Robin has suggested that we should be looking at this as they are asking for the relief. As if it were now, okay. Change to the bylaw, but that's her. That's her opinion.
10: Okay, She's and I have another
11: question.
1: It doesn't mean you have to
11: accept okay. her opinion. Okay, I have another question about the work that was done under the B nineteen five. I'm I'm confused as to whether that work was actually physically inspected.
1: It Was not. So
0: well, nobody. It's
1: part of our record. Or or not, I, I I know that's Ken's position. I don't know if there's, I don't I don't know that it's ever been not signed off on, if that's part of our record. Oh.
7: There's nothing in the history of, of any sign offs or any inspection according to the town's records.
11: And there was some work done as, as far as electrical, plumbing, and then none of that has
3: been inspected?
7: It's not according to the history of that application. Everything is on the building permit narrative. It's not there.
3: Okay, thank you.
12: Any other That's something before? that could. Ahead, that something
3: that could be conditioned in the relief mark. That you know, that if relief was given, if we were if we were to determine that zoning relief could be given, then um, they would be responsible for collecting all permits and everything for the project. And I would I would suggest
1: that if if relief were given here, the building permit is um, has its then the building department has its own jurisdiction. So if there weren't sign-offs, I would expect the building department to be looking for sign-offs, and that's what I was suggesting about compliance with the state building code for the flood zone issues. That those issues as well have a separate um, process. That if 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 it if it's triggered because of it being the property being in the AE zone, we're not deciding that. That's for. Um, the building department to determine and if all relief that was necessary was granted and if not what needs to be done as a result of that Um, and if there's a a request for enforcement and it's denied then it might come back to us but I don't see that it's before us tonight. uh, Yes, I'm sorry
9: I just want to try and get this clear clear in my head so when the changes were made to the exterior of the building there was no zoning relief sought So it's just a dogfight between them and historic, which they didn't go to. And then now they're coming for zoning relief, but that cat's out of the bag in, in with the change in the zoning bylaw town council says that, that, that fight's already happened. You can't undo, put the genie back in the bottle over there. When they made those changes, they didn't need any zoning whatsoever. So we didn't get a chance to say you can't make you have to do it this way is that kind of the way it is it's like pretty much it stinks but that's the way it is that's the way
1: i interpret the letter from robin stein i I wanted to give mr sheen the opportunity to have any rebuttal that he might have i gave a lot of time to ken and if there were anything that he raised that wanted, wanted to be addressed before we take any public comment and look to close
6: this hearing and vote Thanks, Mr. Chairman. I I hope you will not take my attempt to to keep my. I I hope no one will take my attempt to keep my comments to a minimum uh, as uh, suggesting in any way that uh, we are not confident in our position and I hope you're not going to weigh the number of words that have been spoken by the two counsel. Um it is, it, it is difficult to listen to a lengthy diatribe, most of which is irrelevant. I'm going to ask the board to focus on the test as its council has suggested the test exists. The suggestion, which I thought we had put to bed at our last hearing, that there were no plans that accompanied the application and the building permit, I thought that had been put to bed when uh, Mr. Baldacci told everyone that he had found the plans and that the plans had been mislaid. You will recall that there was an email exchange in late November of 2019, wherein the then building inspector recited that he had the plans, but he hadn't yet looked at them, said he would look at them shortly, and then on November 27, sent an email saying, I have looked at them and I've issued the permit, and that ties to the application for building permit. If Mr. Sneerson made an error in the application that's not the issue with all due respect for this board. And I do want to speak to um, the question, I think it was of Ms. Roman, uh, as to, with respect to the historic commission, we have two very separate processes. We were looking for if if we had sought zoning relief, which you have don't please don't lose sight of the fact that we didn't think we needed zoning relief because, The application for the building permit was granted without zoning relief. It turned out that it was in error that it was issued without zoning relief, or at least without a finding that we don't need zoning relief, but the permit was issued. The tie to the Historic Commission is if the Historic Commission thinks that what we're proposing to do Uh, is something that it doesn't like. There's a nine-month delay while the historic commission and the applicant have the opportunity to talk to one another as to whether, in essence, the applicant can be talked out of what he wants to do. But that's the extent of the historic commission's uh, play here. And by the way, this property is not in the historical district, as Mr. Schutze seemed to Say over and over again. There is uh, no historic district.
1: Please let, uh, what no, I know, you know was just, I just, just misquoted. Okay, and he didn't interrupt you once. No,
7: no, 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 I wasn't interrupting, I was just clarifying.
1: No, that's interrupting, and I'm gonna
7: not let that
6: happen again, please. With respect to the issue of the coastal overlay district, the chair is correct in its comments. The Coastal Overlay District does not apply here. That's why we didn't seek relief under it, because this is not a substantial improvement as defined. A substantial improvement is a situation where there's an improvement to real estate that is greater than, that the cost of which is greater than 50% of market value. Now, there's been some talk about assessed value. It's not assessed value. It's market value. I laid out to Mr. Baldacci, because I thought that this was something that might come up uh, at this meeting, uh, laid out for him our analysis as to why the Coastal Overlay District doesn't apply at this instance. He agrees. He sent me an email on uh, this, uh, yesterday at 8.44 a.m. I've sent it on to uh, uh, Marissa. Uh, I thought that Mr. Baldacci would be here tonight and would be able to comment on it i'm sorry he's not here but he agrees that the proposed work in phases 1 and 2 not phase 3 but in phases 1 and 2 is left less than 50% of the fair market value and doesn't require compliance with the flood zone requirements that are set forth in section uh, 78 chapter 780 again all of these things though with all due respect to everyone are a bit of red herring. What is at issue in this case, as your town council has said, is, has the work that has been proposed and done, does it increase the non-conforming nature of any existing nonconformity? Mr. Croft gave Mr. Schutzer plenty of time and plenty of opportunity to answer that question. He didn't answer the question because he couldn't answer the question other than to say no. I think that I've covered the things that, oh, and the last thing, the gold standard being the Attorney General. The gold standard is the Supreme Judicial Court of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. That gold standard has set forth the tests in Bilalta. That is what controls. Your town council has said, that is what controls. I hope that the board will follow the advice of town council and will determine that we don't need a finding, a special, Do we need a finding. We don't need a section six special permit. And, uh, and finally to Mr. Croft's question, we're looking at the first paragraph of chapter 48 section six that talks about zoning changes with respect to nonconformity, uh, zoning changes as they apply. They apply in the language of 48 Section 6, except where alteration or structural change to a single or two-family residential structure does not increase the nonconforming nature of the structure. That's where the Bilalta test comes from. It comes from the statute. Mr. Croft's question was very much apropos And uh, I thank you for your time.
1: Thank you. Okay. So um, if there are no other questions from the board, I was going to um, see before we close the public hearing. I I see some people are using um, the chat feature, which when we have an open petition, I prefer to just take public comment by when when I ask for it. Not by chat because that doesn't necessarily become part of our record. So is there anyone who um, wanted to be heard on any of the new items that issues that may have been raised at this hearing. um, Primarily as we've, I think, discussed the merits and the legal aspects of this petition sufficiently but anyone that wanted to be heard about this
2: yes i have um jonathan lehman from the historical commission with his hand raised
13: thank you thank thank you uh, mr moderator and um yes um sorry about the the chat Uh, i i wasn't sure you were going to be taking i I
1: should have said something earlier so don't worry about it
13: but anyway Um, I did have a comment based on the new information that was presented tonight, certainly that the application and the checkoff list. um, This um, isn't a historic district, but it is a historic home and there were exterior uh, changes so that um, certainly, you know, by not checking that it didn't trigger any type of review. um, So nobody notified us about it, no one at all. But we had, because the, um, the owner had come to the Historic Commission back in 2019, and we were considering the garage in the rear of the home at the time, that letter went out and, and with clear instructions that they were to return if there were any further changes to the home and uh, particularly the exterior. Uh, so the those two things and certainly the the information the application uh, to me would explain why we were not notified by uh, any any
0: body within town. Okay, thank you very much. Mm, that is it I don't have any other hands raised.
7: Mr. Chairman, may I have one final comment or am I uh, if
1: it's brief? long
7: before. Sure. It'll be very brief. The only issue that came up that I think needs further clarification uh, is that uh, whoever asked the question about how the historical commission functions, they're correct. If the work has not been done, there is a maximum of a nine month delay. But if the work is done without going before the board, then the historical commission has the authority to do one of two things. It can either fine the applicant uh, up to 10% of the assessed value, or it can require that the applicant restore the structure to its original condition. And that's the only building permit permissible for two years. And that's what they did. So, by doing that, it was my position, whether it's correct or incorrect, that we're, 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 we're before this board uh, within that two year framework, a, that the application, uh, the applicant has never sought a permit to restore it back to its original condition. And therefore, everything that we're discussing is moot. Um, that's why I brought that
1: to
9: the board's attention. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Hey, Mark. Yes. I I think that you know there is the penalty, they can make it tear it down, but that's the historic that's their jurisdiction.
1: That's how you I know like it. that's
9: not for us to hunt down. It might stink and we might not like it. And I agree with Heather. I think you know, if we're whole, you know, I might be ended up holding my nose on this, but you know, that's not our hunt. We're not the police department. We're not, we're just the Zoning Board of Appeals. So, okay, thanks. <laughs>
5: can I ask a quick question, Mark, before we close the public hearing of attorney yeah. Sheehan. Um, can you just describe again, your, uh, th- that the current owner, when did the current owner buy the property?
6: Yes, I can. I just have to look at my notes here. I believe they bought that property in 2018, Mr. Crocker. If you hold on a minute, I have a copy of their deed.
1: I think it was 18, so I think I saw the deed.
6: Uh, the. Um, They bought that property uh, on August 17, 2018.
5: And did I hear somewhere that um, some of these issues were inherited, meaning they were precipitated by something that the prior owner did or did not do?
6: There was a 50-year history of which my client was unaware uh, of litigation and battles between neighbors.
5: And and that's uh, Mr. Schutzer's client?
6: Yes, and, his, okay. and, and, and Mr. Schutz's present client's father, I believe. That's good. Brad, this,
1: okay. this, this structure has been in front of us my entire history on this board for the last 15 <laughs> years.
0: <laughs>
5: okay, thanks.
1: Sure. So um, I'd like to um, make a motion to close the public hearing. Uh, do I have a second on that? I'll second. I'm going to take a roll call. So I'm a yes. Brad. Yes. Paula. Yes. Tony. Yes. Dan. Yes. Heather. Yes. Andy. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Um, I'm going to constitute the board as the five regular members. um, Where I have um, all the regular members here and everyone is. Complied with Mullen affidavits for all of the hearings. Um, So I was going to make a motion in this matter. Um, And I think my motion is simple after many hearings. I think that um, I would move to make a finding that with respect to phase two, the um, the work that has been uh, now performed has not increased the
0: nonconforming nature of any uh, prior nonconformity. Um, and
1: that that would be um, that would be the motion I see it as simple Why? Um, and that would end Um, we don't need to get to, um, any discussion, um, of whether it's substantially more detrimental because of the finding that it has not increased the non nature. So do I have a a second on that motion?
5: I'll second that motion.
1: Okay. I'm going to have a roll call. So
0: I am a yes, Brad. Yes. Dan, um, what are we voting on? On my motion
1: to make a finding that the phase two um, work uh, did not inc- did, did uh, not increase the non-conforming nature of any non-conformity that then existed.
4: Well, I guess what I'm struggling with here is that um, it seems like it doesn't, um, but the fact that the structure Exists on an undersized lot. The fact that it exists at all makes it nonconforming, right? Right. It, it's a nonconformity by its very existence. It shouldn't even be there, right? That's that's the way I look at it. So it's, and I think that there's that case out of Supreme Judicial Court case. I think out of Norwood speaks to this. Forget the name of that case, Borkland maybe. Um, I think it had to do with a mansion. So the reason I'm struggling about it, if it, if it was in, a, you know, it's not really an addition, but but the, the uh, structure that was there that is non-conforming by its very existence on an undersized lot has been made, you know, bigger uh, by uh, adding square footage to it and putting walls up that didn't exist before and altering the roof line. So doesn't that, increase the non-conformity that's that's
1: what i'm struggling with well i i'd say in terms of um, our finding in my motion to make a finding if you are um, a no vote we'll say i wouldn't mind seeing if we if whether or not we have to get to fate to part two so that if, if you follow me dan
4: no, no. Say that again, Mike. Sorry.
1: The two-part. Robin says it's a two-part analysis. If we make the finding that we that it, that the work has not increased the non-conforming nature of any non-conformity, then the discussion ends. We don't get to phase two, as to make a determination of whether it's substantially more detrimental to the neighborhood. Right. So perhaps if I can, if I if I ask you to hold your vote, I go to the other members of the board and see if there are i believe i need actually i'm not sure if i need a a majority or supermajority on this but let's see if we have four votes because then we would be okay fair enough fair enough enough. so i'm not going to call on dan for his vote yet um so uh tony yes and andy yes and Dan, I'll ask for your vote for the record, whether you you can vote yes or no, they've got their four votes on the finding. Right, no. Okay, so by a four to one vote, we've made the finding, which ends the uh, analysis. I'd ask for Mr. Sheen, if you'd give me a draft decision um, on this, I'd appreciate it, not required to, but I would appreciate a proposed decision Uh, And I thank everyone involved for all the time that you put into it with briefing it um, and being very patient and um, for both um, the petitioner uh, and the abutter uh, for being very respectful and- and Thank you. I,
7: I do think though that you have to take a vote on petition 41042B.
1: Um, well, I'm gonna wait for yeah. the withdrawal. I'm gonna to get to that next. This is my phase two. All right. Then I'm gonna ask that to confer on the request second part should be the request for the phase three relief that I'm gonna make a motion to accept the petitioner's withdrawal without prejudice. So on that, I do I have a second on that motion? A second. So I is a, it yeah. open for is it open for public discussion or not? It's not open they, for them to withdraw without prejudice. We've let everyone in the world without withdraw without prejudice. Well,
7: everybody doesn't build buildings without permits either, but I'm just I'm just asking. I, I, I've I'm given me?
1: this petition enough. I'm sorry, okay. Ken. I, I've, I've got to move on from it. We're, we, we're at 835 now. We've got several matters left on our agenda. So uh, it's a simple withdrawal without prejudice. So I am a yes. Brad, you're a yes. Yeah. And, on the Withdrawal Without Prejudice? Yes. Um Tony? Yes. Andy? Yes. OK, so thank you. So um, Mr. Sheen and Marissa will actually sign a Withdrawal Without Prejudice form that
6: I will countersign on that. Thank you to the members of the board. I'm happy to sign that, and I'll have a draft decision to you.
1: OK, thank you very much, everyone. Okay. So we're gonna move on to petition 2124. Uh, 29 Glen Road. So I've recused myself from this petition. So Dan, I know you have to you have to leave early. I'd ask that if you chair this one, finish this one, and then uh, I'll take over good. after that let you. All right, sounds good.
0: Thank you.
4: All right, um I think where we left off on this was uh, okay. So this is um, petition twenty one twenty four. I believe it is.
7: For the record, Mister Chairman, I will be representing the uh, the petitioner on this one.
4: Okay. All right. This is the petition of uh, Zena Glennberg, Is it?
7: It's actually on the, the, the actual petition will be on the petition of ZSG Properties, LLC, who is okay. the registered
4: owner. Okay. All right. Why we don't
2: had you it up- re as such, Dan.
4: Why don't you update us, uh, Ken, on what's happened since the initial meeting?
7: It would be my pleasure. Uh, thank you very much. Um, the one major change has been that um, one of the forms of relief is no longer being requested, which is a dimensional special permit. The, uh, the exterior stairs uh, have been reoriented so they're not going within the uh, the 20 feet uh, buffer in the front. They're going the opposite direction and therefore according to my discussion with Mr. Baldacci will no longer require a dimensional special permit. So the relief that we're seeking is a use special permit for the conversion of the existing anachronistic building which was built in 1900 uh, from a Two-family to a three-family, and uh, if permitted, I will continue on and give you my my narrative. Yes, go ahead. Thank you. Uh, it, the, the building was was constructed in, in the year 1900. Um, it, it's unique in the sense that the first level, which is the first unit, has two bedrooms, whereas the second unit uh, has six bedrooms, in the six unit. And um, I was fortunate enough to be able to. Uh, get some history on this because the former owner of the building uh, lived in the building for 56 years and her name was Mildred Cheever and Mildred Cheever had written a letter uh, which is part of the record i will be glad to read it into the record I know that she had asked that the record be put into the portal I don't know whether it's it's you have it or not but if you don't I'll be glad to read it into the record because it gives a little bit of perspective we do have the property what, we what have it on the, the
4: record. Okay. Yeah, I, we, we have, have it. it.
3: We have it.
4: All right. Now let's not read it. Go ahead. All
7: right. All right. Well, it, in, it, in essence, it indicates that it's it's the belief of Ms. Cheever that it was it was built um, as a rooming house uh, because it's all all there are bedrooms uh, on that in the second unit. And and when I use the word an anachronism, what I was trying to suggest was when it was built in 1900, it was built for a purpose. It was it was built to to house. Um,
4: and we don't need the history. We don't need this history. Okay. Just skip the uh, history. All right. So all
7: right. in any event- in any We event, know we got we get
4: six bedrooms. Go ahead.
7: All right. So what we're trying to do is, is we're trying to bring one more unit, which is part of the zoning bylaw preamble by creating housing um, uh, into, uh, into perspective, because the, the current configuration of the structure makes it virtually impossible According to the letter, uh, to rent it out, uh, only you're only renting out rooms. So what we're asking to do is without making any interior changes other than uh, incorporating the third level as a separate unit uh, with two bedrooms uh, and thereby reducing the, the 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 current existing six into a two and a four, uh, keeping the first level a one, uh, changing the the property from a old roaming house uh, into a uh, up-to-date uh, usable uh, uh, addition uh, to our housing stock uh, by putting one moderate or low-income housing unit on, on, on the block because it, it clearly doesn't demand the, the kind of numbers that some of the newer units that, that are being put on uh, being built. Um, we have the, the requisite spaces, there, there will be five. Um, the, uh, the exterior staircase will be open. Uh, I think there are some pictures that we have uh, had generated, which I would ask that uh, be also, whether you've seen them or not, would show the the kind of uh, very light staircase that will be created, which will give additional uh, access as well as a patio for the, the units uh, on the exterior. And we would be asking that the, uh, that the property be used for that purpose. I also included a couple of other things. I included a picture that we had found of 56 Kensington Lane and 56 Kensington Lane. That's the picture of what the, um, of the way the, uh, the property would be built and how we would uh, configure the staircase. Uh, but we found one at 56 Kensington, which by the way, uh, Kensington and Glen Road, abut. Um, they're on the same street. It's just, uh, at one point it's Glen, and then it turns into Kensington. And, and, and on the Kensington side, uh, there is this particular configuration. We made every effort to make it as uh, uh, integrated in as we can. This one, I would respectfully suggest, uh, looks like an addition on the exterior. Ours is 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 much less obvious uh, and, and much more aesthetically pleasing. Um, I also, I, said, uh, I think that we presented the, uh, the site plan, which shows the parking. I've shown the uh, the exterior of the structure. I've explained the 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 zoning. Uh, preamble in terms of housing, and I've given a, a, somewhat of a historic perspective over why the building was ever created in its current configuration, and how impossible it is to use it for that, and how much better it might be uh, increasing uh, uh, the tax base by by utilizing the building for a purpose for which is consistent with today's needs.
4: So you don't you don't need the the dimensional relief now, Ken? Is that what you're saying?
7: No, no, because we're not going we're going the opposite direction we're not going into uh, the uh, the sideline or the frontline setback we're going into the area where it's 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 conforming and and that was the discussion I had with mr. Baldacci and that's why the, the new set of plans which you have which I didn't allude to but there are new sets of plans which show the new configuration of those stairs going towards the back instead of going towards the front
4: okay and um, there was some concerns at the previous meeting about uh, Parking can you address yeah. that?
7: Yes, I, I'd be glad to. Um, the, the parking requirement is five spaces. Uh, we had provided a plan that showed six. Uh, we can we can knock it down to five. I, I thought maybe one extra space would be helpful because it would allow a guest to park, which would thought then put a guest park parking on on Glen Road. Um, and by doing that, we thought it would be uh, more consistent uh, and assist in the neighborhood. Uh, in the neighborhood, uh, the other thing we we took a picture of um, during the day uh, it was there were no cars, there were no cars either parked on Glen Road and no cars going on. It doesn't suggest that there are never cars because of course there are, um, but it's it's a small road with a, with a, with a limited number of homes with, with 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 streets that that don't dovetail into larger streets, and and the addition of of one more unit, which doesn't add any additional gross floor area to the structure but just reconfigures the structure to, to make it consistent with today's needs and puts one more housing unit, one more affordable housing unit in our housing stock. And it meets all of the social requirements that I think are necessary for the board to give the relief that's being sought. All
4: right, thanks, Ken. Is there anyone, uh, um, anyone else, uh, Marissa, uh, you are aware that wants to be heard in support of the petition or uh, in opposition?
2: Uh, I believe um, neighbor Jillian Hartman is here to speak. She has her hand raised. She expressed concerns at our last meeting. Okay. Uh, would you
7: be able, by the way, to include in, in favor, Ms. Cheever's letter and just put it into the record as in favor of the application?
2: Sure, yeah. it is in the drive, so you should okay. have all received that as well. Okay. Um, uh, Jillian, I will unmute you. You should be good.
11: Um, This is Jill Hartman. I am resident of 40 Glen Road. I'm also with Joe DePietro, who's a resident at 16 Glen Road. Just have a very brief comment. We've been in front of this board, unfortunately way too many times over the last five years. And here we are yet again. And I just want to sum up a few thoughts and comments from the neighbors around here. Until five years ago, Glen Road consisted of 10 single-family homes, one duplex, and one two-family, all owner-occupied. Over the last five years, the ZB has granted relief to allow seven additional dwelling units added to Glen Road on three different properties, two of which were developed into multi-unit buildings. This increased our small street from 14 bedrooms to 21 bedrooms, which represents a a 50% increase in density on our very small non-conforming street. 42 Glen Road, which was an empty lot, is now a three-bedroom home with 1,500 square feet, give or take. 25 Glen Road was a single-family home that is now four three-bedroom condominium units. And 51 Glen Road was a two-family house that was operated as a single-family home that is now three two-bedroom condo units. Just to clarify, Although Mr. Schutzer has stated that 29 Glen Road was a rooming house, that was in the 1900s. The 29 Glen Road has been a single family, multi-generational home that has been owned and occupied by the Cheever family since the sixties. There have been, it has given them the opportunity to have um, different generational living with them. And it's, there is one front door. There's always the same people in and out. Glen Road is a very small, non-conforming street, which is unable to accommodate two-way traffic at any given time, does not have any sidewalks or any consistent curbing. As you saw by the pictures, we are a tiny street. We have been inundated with approval after approval, and we're just growing out of our zone. This na- the, neighborhood, the neighbors have these concerns. When is it going to stop? 50% increase in density on our small street in five years. Just because it is zoned for multifamily does not mean we have the infrastructure or the space for it. The conversion of this fa- this home to a three-family will add additional drivers and more cars to our already congested street. The exterior stairs with the decks are, although there is one up the street and around the corner on Kensington, that is not typical for our neighborhood. The tandem parking that they are they're recommending would be a safety hazard on this already narrow street when people try to move their cars in and out of spots. Any visitors that do come will be forced to park on the street and there's already no room really on the street. Um, the <laughs> there was-, there was There's only parking on one side of the street. We have had issues. I had an issue personally a few years ago on Christmas where I need an ambulance to my house for my mother and the fire department and the ambulance had to park at the bottom of the street because they couldn't get their stuff up the street because there were cars parked on one side of the street. And my mom had to go out in a stretcher down Glen Road on a stretcher because they couldn't bring the emergency vehicle to my house. And lastly, this will be the only non-owner occupied home on the street not that that really makes a difference, but this has been a small, quiet street for years. And the, these changes over the last five years have been dramatic, unending. And my only concern is where does it go from here? If this is agreed to, and we add yet another unit, I, we, don't, I don't, we don't have any problem with it being a two family, but we haven't heard from them. Also at the last meeting, they were asked to reach out to the neighbors. I haven't heard anything. Joe hasn't heard anything. I don't know about anybody else. I don't believe anyone else has. I mean, when does it stop? How how many times do we keep building? Are we just gonna become, you know, condo north? I just, I, I really feel very strongly that enough is enough is enough on our small little street. Thank you very much.
4: All right, thank you, Ms. Hartman. Anyone else, Marissa, wishes to be heard? And
2: Yes, uh, I have a few. Um, Tim Rhodes is up next. Okay.
14: All right, Mr. Rhodes, go ahead. Yes, good evening, thank you very much. Um, I, Tim Rhodes, uh, 40 Glen, 44 Glen Road. sorry, just uh, up the hill uh, from Ms. Hartman. Um, I just wanted to second everything that she said. Uh, we met as a neighborhood and went over our concerns, so I, I share all of that. I just wanted to um, make a couple of comments on the way uh, Mr. Schutzer portrayed things. They did show um, the... Uh, building on Kensington Lane that has the decks and staircase off to the side, uh, until the 51 Glen Road project was built, uh, that was all covered by trees. When that project came on, all those trees had to come down. So um, I, I think that um, is incorrect to uh, portray that as being typical of the neighborhood. That's the only one in the in the street that uh, that has that. Um, none of the other houses require fire stairs off of the side, which is truly what uh, is being proposed. Really is. I don't believe I'm I'm unclear. I have not seen the plans of whether they're proposing that this staircase be used as the main entrance to the uh, third floor unit. Uh, but no other property on this. Street or in this neighborhood has any sort of fire stair off to the side, and I second all the comments about uh the parking. Uh, I'm not sure when that photo that was shown was taken, uh, but that's definitely uh, not typical (laughs) to be sure. All right, thank Thank you, you Mr. Rhodes. Welcome, uh,
2: Jonathan Lehman from the Historical Commission.
0: Okay.
13: Thank you. Um, At the last meeting where this home was discussed, the owner mentioned several times over that um, in addition to the staircases, the plan was to put sliders on each deck. So uh, essentially those windows would be removed and replaced by sliding glass doors. And I noticed that those were neither in the original plans nor the plans that have recently be, been submitted. So that's a concern for the historical commission. We haven't had the opportunity to opine on this. Um, it, it appears to be a partial demolition, but uh, hasn't been brought to us as such. And uh, certainly um, sliding glass doors in addition would would, would be something that I, I think should be represented in plans if that's the plan and, and the historical Commission would, would need to be given the opportunity to consider it since it is um, it, it's, it's a building that's more than 75 years old with with uh, what appears to be a partial
0: demolition all right thank you
2: and uh, Pat sorry um, Patty and
15: Sam Bradford. Hi, um, Patty Bradford, 36 Glen Road. Um, And again, I've spoken to Jill Hartman. I totally agree with everything that she has already said. I just wanted to bring up the safety, walking on the street without sidewalks and um, all the additional traffic that we have. Um, The reason I brought up parking at last month's meeting um, really was, based on the letter that was in the zoning board um, materials from the Swampscott Fire Department. And it it just, it's related to what Jill said about when the, um, the ambulance couldn't get up the street the a truck. Um, in that letter, um, James Potts is the name on it. It says, off-street parking should be required. And that's really why I brought that up because I can't tell you how dangerous it is um, even in the daylight. When I'm out walking my dog and I'm going up the hill, cars are coming down the wrong way. And I've also, um, I brought this up last month. I have been in contact with the town hall since August, trying to get some signage put in at the end of um, the top end of Cardillo Terrace. Because they cannot see the one-way sign that's facing Kensington telling the traffic not to come down that very narrow portion of Glen Road. And I keep getting put off. I've been told it needs to go to Traffic Advisory Committee. It doesn't need the Advisory Committee. I'm not asking for a new one-way. It already exists. It's that all this extra building that happened on Cardillo and the extra parking that's on Cardillo that goes with the Glen Road condos that were built. Anyone coming up that way doesn't realize that it's a one-way. They can't turn left. So I feel that no one's helping to address the safety issues that we already have. And to add to it is just, it's overwhelming. And there are a lot of young children in the neighborhood now, which is a great thing but this is new. So there are no sidewalks and it's dangerous. And I just hope nothing happens. And I'm giving up because it's been four months and I can't get help with that. So yes, an extra um, family added to the dwelling. I think it's just overwhelming. And um, that's, that's all I have. Thank you.
0: All right, thank you.
14: Uh, Tim Rhodes has raised his hand again. Go ahead, Mr. Rhodes. Thank you. Uh, I just wanted to follow up with a question. If uh, relief is being sought for parking, it's been said that there's parking for five or six cars in the current area. Um, my, my understanding is that this is a zoned A4 district and is it not correct that um, all parking is to be behind is, is to be behind the uh, facade of the uh, building on the main street? I understand that that can be waived by this board, but without without um, approval, that's not supposed to happen. Is that correct? And in which case that would mean that there's only parking for three cars at this point because as it stands right now, The parking, the paved area to the side of the house, on the side where the fire escape is being built, is 30 feet by 32 feet, 32 feet wide, 30 feet deep, um, which isn't really enough for tandem parking, three wide, two deep. So I'm I'm questioning what the plan is for for that. Ken, do you want to address that the parking?
7: I'd be glad to. There there was a plan that was drawn by a a certified uh, 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 his name is um, Alexander Karachi, the Crowley. It was done in uh, uh, September of 2021. And um, it was his, he drew in according to the nine by 18 uh, regulation that we have six spaces of which only five were required. We, we, we thought we put an extra one in there. So we would comport, and there would be no off-street parking. We're not looking for any off-street parking relief. Um, we we concur. I don't believe that that we need to put any cars, and we're not asking that we reduce the number from five to, to anything less than that. I I, I did want to bring up. But a is couple that parking?
14: Other, may I may I ask a question uh, for clarification? Is that parking be behind the face of the facade of the building? What we, what, what, what what you, are you? Are you what
4: referring to, uh, Mr. Rhodes? Are you referring to a particular section of the bylaw?
14: Four point seven point six point two. All off street parking shall be located behind or to the side of the principal structure on the lot. No parking area shall be located closer to the front lot line than the front of the building facade. It then continues this provision may be waived at the discretion of the permit granting authority for residential only multifamily uses in underlying a four district
5: that's within the Humphrey Street site plan special permit standards uh, I don't believe all
14: right so it falls under the hype Right, Humphrey on the um I believe it's on page uh, 102 of the PDF that's on the website.
0: Yeah, I, I have it.
14: Uh, sorry, paragraph A, the first one.
5: Is this in the Humphrey Street Overlay District? I didn't yes.
7: believe it was.
14: That's my I question. Is it? Is it? Is this
4: applicable? Is it in the Humphrey Street site plan and special? The, the I do not property.
14: believe it is. It's uh it's beyond for the rough line it. road. The first two properties but, are in the overlay.
7: Right. So it doesn't, have, I don't believe it applies.
14: So this, but we are A4 though, correct?
7: But this only deals with the Humphrey overlay district.
14: Yeah, to be right. Okay. My understood. Thank you.
0: Uh, Anyone
4: else wants to be heard?
2: Uh, Yes, Ms. Hartman has her hand raised again.
4: All right, uh, Ms. Hartman, uh, we don't want to repeat anything, okay? If you have something new to add, go ahead, but we don't want any repetition.
8: Hi, it's uh, Joe DiPietro.
4: Joe DiPietro. Yes. Okay. We thought it was Ms. Hartman.
11: We're we're on the same Zoom. We're on the same (laughs)
8: Zoom.
4: Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. All
8: right uh i've been um i live on 16 Glen road and i i've lived at that house um all my life except for three years so i've lived there for 55 years and i kind of know the neighborhood as well as anybody because i've been there for so long but anyways make a long story short i there's no there's no sidewalks on the street as other people have mentioned but i've i've been one person that's been walking up and down those hills for years as a kid and, and, and as an adult and all my life and i've Numerous times I've had to jump out of the way because there's cars parked on the corner in front of 29 Glen Road, and it's it's a really bad safety issue with you know with people parking on the street, and it feels though if you put these houses on I mean these three apartment house that there's going to be people visiting there all the time, and the people that are visiting are going to be are going to like um, park in front of their house, but they're also going to park on the wrong side of the street. And it's gonna be a definitely a safety issue because of, the, because of the walk-in. From my experience over the years, and so I just wanted to let you know that that's how I feel and that's what I have experienced. And I, I definitely feel it's a safety issue. And I also had some concerns of, about the deck. Um, I would like to see like you know exactly how the, uh, the deck is gonna be laid out and how, how, how that's gonna be before you know, you make a decision. I like to see what I like those questions answered for me, please. All right,
4: All right Mr. Schiff, you want to address uh, some of the concerns that were raised?
7: I, I would be glad. Thank you very much. I just want everyone to realize that we're we're reducing the number of bedrooms by the reconfiguration. we substituting a bedroom for a kitchen, um, so there, there there will be fewer bedrooms, it, it, and obviously that's a concern because of the number of people that currently can be housed there will be reduced.
4: How many bedrooms uh, are going to be on the on the third, the third, the upper uh, unit?
7: Uh probably there, there are currently two. If we put in a a kitchen, it'll probably be one.
4: And what about? Be the, just, and what about the yeah, second floor? How many bedrooms would
0: be on there, the second
7: floor? There are, there are currently now on the second floor, there'll will be four, I believe. Uh, is that is that correct, Ms. Zina? Can you uh, just unmute yourself so I can be clear on that?
16: No more
7: I can
2: okay. Hi, yes. i
7: let you know
10: how
3: it text me. So, currently, there's two bedrooms on the second floor and right. there's four bedrooms on the third floor. So, the second floor will stay as two bedrooms and the third floor, if it becomes. I have the other way
5: around. Okay. If, so if the, it, will re- yeah. it
3: will become one bedroom only out of four bedrooms.
5: So, a
4: total of how many bedrooms on the second and third?
3: six bedrooms on the second and third no no i'm s- currently. yes currently six oh,
4: currently. no not currently when 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 you do the renovations how many bedrooms are you going to have on the second and the third floors three six so
0: three three,
3: three. three.
4: all right that's what i thought you said okay
0: um, Just,
3: um the plans that we have have um have that each floor is a two-bedroom unit so we have plans that have um, the third floor as two bedrooms. So Is that changing? The plans, uh, yes. So the, 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 it will be like an extra room, but it's I think too small to call a bedroom. So we would like to have a one bedroom on the third floor. That's what we're trying to achieve.
4: All right. The, the,
7: the other thing I, I wanted to mention was you know, when we convert from a two to a three, we have greater responsibilities to the the fire department. So that the building will now be entirely sprinkled, whereas before it was not. Um, there, there, there will be a um, uh, systems put in uh, a low voltage uh, alarm system um, that will ha- that will be going in as a requirement for the conversion. Uh, we're not asking for any off street parking. I wanted that to be known. Um, there, there's no demolition being done other than the interior. Um, we had uh, we had converted, uh, you know, if the word slider uh, was a word that was used by uh, the historical Commission, if if the it would just bring more light in if they wanted a different type of of exterior uh, entry rather than a slider, that would be something that could be included uh, and and maybe ameliorate some of the concerns. Um, the, the other thing is this, and, and this came up at the last hearing. I, I wasn't part of it, but I did overhear it. You know, was sort of the the last man in, and and obviously whatever these issues that currently exist, and, and there are some, and they they have been very well articulated by the people that live there, aren't anything that, that we have been involved with or part of. What we're doing ultimately is is in our view anyway, uh, relieving the situation by cutting down the number of bedrooms, by sprinkling a building, by upgrading the building by bringing the building into the 20th century and taking the fact that everyone seems to agree the building was built in 1900 at a very very different time with a very different use. Um, and, and by doing that, we will be allowing one more uh, family to live there as opposed to a li- rather large family with, with, with many, many children or many, many bedrooms, which, which just, you know, it's just not something that that's, that's a marketable item anymore. Um, you know, being able to say I have you know, eight bedrooms is just not something that, that people are seeking. Um, it just isn't it, isn't, it doesn't work anymore. Um, and, and so what we wanna do is we wanna put money into the house. Uh, we want to uh, reduce the number of bedrooms. We wanna sprinkle a house. Uh, there's no exterior demolition. Uh, we don't want any, we're not asking for any off street parking relief. And, and most importantly, we, we wanna be good neighbors. Um, you know, there, there's something about the last man in uh, is is all, all of a sudden being determined to be the cause of a pre-existing problem, and, and we'd like to be thought of ourselves as a solution, not not a problem.
4: All right, thank you, Mr. Schutzer. Any members of the board have any questions for Mr. Schutzer or the petitioner?
3: Um, I just have a comment because I was at I, I watched the video, but I wasn't at the meeting when we had the discussion. Um, I I have to agree with the letter. Um, a five or six bedroom unit, a family can't afford it. If they can, they can get a mortgage. It's gonna attract five or six roommates and that's gonna be five or six cars. A two bedroom and a one bedroom, you're gonna get two or three cars. If the concern is cars, I think for the neighborhood, this is a much better solution to have three small units, but that's just.
10: I
4: have to agree with Heather, I went to the open the open house when I mean, this house was for sale and the layout was totally impractical. I mean, I saw it, I was in the house. You'd, you'd get a, what would be in there would be a large, either a large family or or uh, uh, many adults with many cars.
3: You're, you're not even gonna get a family. The fact is, if, uh, uh, even if they're, cause they're still gonna renovate and make it nicer. Right? Um, and with that, even if it's a two family and a, a family can't a family with the amount of money spent three grand on rent can with good credit that you would accept as a tenant can get a mortgage so the the only tenants you're going to get are shares so you're going to get you know five or five or six or four or five whatever roommates um so if the idea is to have more family housing um two small units is is the
15: is the more you know
4: anyone else have any comments all right, they're gonna make a motion to close the public hearing. Do I have a second?
3: Second.
5: Um, uh, Brad. Yes, I uh, vote to close the public hearing.
4: Yeah. Andy. Uh I I I'm for it. Just closing the public hearing. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um Tony? Yes. Okay. Um Paula.
10: Yes, <laughs>
4: yes. So your <I> hand. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, any discussion uh, among the boards as I, I already put my two cents and I think uh, that, uh, I mean, I, I understand the, all the concerns raised by all the neighbors. Uh, would be, uh, I've been on the board uh, uh, for all of these improvements that have been made down there and all this additional housing that's been added. And I understand the concerns about no sidewalks and the safety issues and, and whatnot. But I don't see this particular project. I mean, of all the different projects, this is probably the you know, the least impactful, I think. I mean, I think this is an improvement. It makes a better use of the property. Um, and, and frankly, as Heather said, I think, uh, I think it'll actually uh, result in less cars being at that property. Then, if if if, uh, if there if was just two units there, um, that's my feeling on it. I'll
17: just I'll just say I think I'm the odd man out on this one. I was um, I was
16: against this one last time just because I felt like it it is inappropriate for the carrying capacity of the neighborhood. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen anything in this presentation from the petitioner that says. That they've addressed any of the concerns from the neighbors and I think just the sheer amount of
7: neighbors that come every time we have one of these on this street. Is enough for me to think that something needs to be something needs to be done in this neighborhood in terms of how many housing units we're allowing I completely appreciate heather's point about the type of people that would rent it. Um, and while
17: this one might not be the one that tips the balance, the next one might be and the next one might be, and I feel like we're just adding on to a problem so so for me I think i'm still a no on this one.
4: All right, thank you Tony. Uh, anyone else wish to chime in? Okay, I'm going to constitute the board, the regular board, plus Heather. All right, I'm going to make a motion.
3: Do you want me to make a motion? I'll make a motion.
4: Oh sure. Okay, go ahead, Heather.
3: Okay. Um, all right, I'm going to move to approve petition twenty-one twenty-four. Um, for a use special permit um, for the conversion of the structure from a two-family to a three-family dwelling, and we don't need relief for the setback anymore for the stairs.
4: Right. Okay. Do we have a, a second? I'll second that.
0: I'll second that. Um. Brad, what do you say? Uh, I'm a yes. Um. Andy? Yes.
4: Okay, and I'm a yes. Heather's a yes, and Tony is a no. That's right. So four to one, so you have your relief?
10: Thank you.
4: Okay, all right, thank you. Thank you everyone. Mr. Mr. Schutzer,
10: will
3: you draft a decision for me? Yes,
4: Ken, 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 would would you provide Heather with a draft decision?
7: I'd provide with two of them if she'd like.
4: I think one will be sufficient. All
1: right.
4: All right. All right. Thank you, everyone.
1: Hey, thanks, Dan. Sure. Um, so, Dan, did you need to um, leave now from the board, or? No,
0: I can I can stay on. Okay, great.
1: Um, so I'm just going to take care of one matter that's lower in our agenda that's being continued. Petition 2128 um, that's scheduled for 815 at 17 Crossman Ave is requested to continue to our next meeting. What, what's the date of our next meeting, Marissa? Uh,
2: the regularly scheduled meeting is January eighteenth, And then we have our special Elmbrace meeting the week before that on January
1: eleventh. So I'm going to make a motion to continue. Um, what else do we have on for January 18th right now?
2: Um, Karen, unless my, I'm blanking, I don't think we have any new filings. Let me check my email really quickly, but I don't think so.
0: Okay. Oh. And the
2: deadline is the 28th. I mean, logistically, I don't want to jinx anything. I can't imagine any submissions coming in between now and then, but you know, stranger things have happened. So, um, but the deadline is the 28th. So why don't I do this,
1: um, Marissa? Why don't I put it off at the January 11th special meeting? And if um, if anything else comes in, we'll look to continue it to the 18th, and we'll have a meeting then.
2: Okay. The only thing that could foreseeably be on the January uh, 18th meeting is the Pine Street site plan special permit that's currently going through review under the Planning Board. I guess it all depends on how their January meeting. Um, uh, unfolds I, I think I will advertise it for the January meeting the January 18th meeting but it's um
10: it's still a toss-up so
1: so okay well I'm going to continue this one to January 11th and we could always look to continue to the 18th if we're going to have okay. a way to
11: do that. sure
1: do I have a I'm going to make a motion to continue 2128 to January 11th I'm going to do a roll call but second on that motion second Okay, so I'm a yes, Danzie yes, Brad? Yes. Tony? Yes. Andy? Yes. Heather? Yes. And Paula? Yes. Okay, so that one is continued. The next item on our agenda is number four, petition 2119 and now being after 7.45 p.m. 56 Blani Street. Is Mr. Feldman here on that one?
2: He is. Mr. Feldman,
18: attorney Feldman, if you're there, you can, oh, there you are. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, good evening, everyone. I didn't hear uh, the chair uh, call 56-20. Is that what you just did, uh, Mr. Kronisky? Yes, I did. Okay, sorry about that. No um, uh, good evening, members of the board. My name is Paul Feldman. Um, I'm an attorney at davis Mom in the augustine and I'm representing the applicant in connection with the various relief we're requesting from the ZBA, in connection with uh, the conversion of the former convent at the St. John's Church um, on Blaney Street into six residential units. Um, the, the application was originally submitted by Bob McCann. Uh, Bob asked that I, I, I pick this up um, um, for him with the, of course, with the applicant's permission and consent. And um, I was able to present to the planning board uh, previously uh, this application. Um, and um, um, as the ZBA probably knows, you have the planning board's recommendation for a favorable action that has been submitted to you. Um, I, I, uh, there's, there, there are a lot of different forms of relief. I, I think the simplest way to proceed is to describe the project first so that um, that everybody's familiar with um, what it is that is being proposed and that I could sort of go through the the particular relief. Um, uh, Marissa, do you uh, put up any of the plans? Um, I
2: can, or if Ilya wants to do it, he's more than welcome to as well.
18: Um, Ilya, do you want to put up any uh, of, of the, the, the last set of submitted drawings just so we can. Um, if,
8: you, if you give me a minute, I can definitely do that. Or we can have our architect actually do it. Eric Zacherson is on. Um, okay, well, oh, by yes, the way- I see.
2: Oh, I see, he's in the attendees. Let me promote him to panelist function.
18: Uh, so I, I, I should have done this. Um, the applicant, um, Ilya, I'm gonna torture your last name. So why don't you introduce yourself to the CBA
8: Yes, hi. My name is Ilya Zvinigorotsky. I'm here with my partner, Evgeny Bernstein. Um, we've uh, been working on this project for about six months now, um, and Eric Zacherson is our architect uh, who just turned on his camera as well. So we can let him walk you guys through the proposed plan. And uh, if you have any questions, we're happy to, uh, to answer them. So, if the chair
18: permits, I, 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 uh, Mr. Kornetsky, if you believe that's the most efficient way to proceed to present the project, then we can go through the particulars.
1: I think an overview is
18: great. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Eric. Uh,
19: thank you. Can you? Can everybody see my screen now? Yes. Yes. Okay. Great. So uh, this is Blaney Street. Uh, the the building uh, that we're going to be talking about is the convent uh, here at 58 um, uh, adjacent to uh, a few buildings that are uh, part of the church, uh, St. John's Church, the rectory, the school building. Uh, The the plan is to uh, renovate this building into six residential units, Um, but I like to start from the the, um, uh, master plan just so we can see kind of how this is going to be accessed. Uh, so you would come in uh, as a ve- vehicle. You would come in off of Blaney. There would be a, a number of parking spaces kind of tucked in around the building. And then as a pedestrian, you would come in to the what for for most of the units. You would come into the main entrance. Uh, although the ground floor units, we've worked to have uh, separate entrances so that they could uh, own their own entrance if they ch- if that's how they uh, choose to be. Uh, access unit owners Um, little orientation sheet from our cover Um, basically Blaney Street on and the rest of the drawings is going to be at the bottom of the the sheet Uh, you would enter into the building and have on the ground floor have a unit unit one on the right and unit two on the left Uh, unit three is accessed through the rear And all three of these have uh, a bedroom and a little bit of living space in uh, what is a very tall basement. Um, That if you were in one of the upper units, you would come in through here and go up the uh, stairs to uh, two units located on the second floor, equal kind of equally dividing the the building. And then uh, a a sixth unit that that holds up uh, the top of the building. Um, The unit sizes are uh, the One, two, uh, four and five are two bedroom units. Um, They're about 1200 to 1500 square feet. Uh, Unit three, which is a ground floor and basement and unit six, which is the top floor are three bed, two bath units. And those are um, 1800 and and 1700 square feet. Um, The Intent of the building, or the intent of the work, is to keep as much of the exterior and much of the building uh, kind of intact. Uh, it it was clearly built for a different purpose, and so for the most part, we're able to do quite a bit of that. Um, I, there are parts of it that would be kind of um, uneconomical inside that we want, we need to change, including the the amount of storage that was in the basement and that we're trying to activate as living space. Um, there are a few windows we would need to change uh, in order to, to create a um, egress uh, access, um, and then in the uh, what is currently the chapel area, we would have to do some uh, we would have to do some more work to make that into um, two stories of living. Um, I can go into more specifics, but I, I have have feeling that at this point we probably can jump into kind of Uh, general questions. And then if people want to work out, uh, want to walk through anything in particular, I can can come back to that.
18: Uh, If if I can, Mr. Chair, before we jump into questions, um, I think it's very important to appreciate that um, not only was it the goal, but the goal was actually achieved that there's virtually no renovation being done to the structure on the outside. There's no change in the footprint. Uh, of the existing structure. Yeah, there are a couple of windows, particularly in the basement level, in order to have the correct size for emergency egress, there has to be a window well created. And there's the one window that Eric just pointed out on the third floor, but uh, very, very, uh, very modest. And and in some cases, if you line up the existing Elevations with the proposed elevations. It's almost like that game we played as kids. Can you identify the differences? They're very, very hard to uh, to identify. That goal of preserving this building as is um, was, um, I think, an important goal of the community, important goal of this neighborhood, important goal in the Overhead District and uh, was applauded by the, uh, by the planning board. And, um, and uh, uh, I think a lot of credit needs to be given to a developer who's coming in with this side structure and, um, and making a proposal to, to make it work um, the way it's being presented. There was a single car garage structure or there is a single car garage structure to the right. That is going to be demolished. That was reviewed with the historic commission. They have no problems with demolishing that structure. That structure uh, isn't seventy-five years old. It was, uh, it was an add-on, and uh, historic was perfectly fine with that structure being eliminated. Um, so uh, I, I, I wanted to let that, that be known because um, that, that, that what I'm talking about is the preservation of the structure because it was such an important consideration um, during the the planning board presentation. Uh, So what we have here is a situation where this property was acquired from the um, uh, Archbishop of Boston. In so doing, um, basically um, three sides of this structure um, and the lot that it's on, Uh, um, you know, are either an existing non-conforming situation because of the front yard is too close to Blaney Street, it's been like that for decades, or, and we have a rear yard setback that is also non-conforming. And part of the reason for that rear yard setback being non-conforming, if you take a look at it, is that the existing garage building uh, on the balance of the church's property, um, that building, uh, uh, the church wanted to make sure it was set back with twenty feet, and uh, that left the uh, the portion of the rectory building not having a full twenty feet. There isn't forty feet between the existing structures, so it was impossible to create a circumstance where we could have a non we could have a conforming rear yard in both cases. So instead of having two non conforming Rear yards. The, the judgment was made uh, that at least one um, uh, rear yard would be conforming and the other, the other one would not be conforming. Um, so there's, there's a non conformity in the front, which is pre existing. This is not conformity in the back. Um, and, and the access drive that, um, that goes around the property is 12 feet wide. Um, one of the things that came up with the planning board was there was a small area of the access drive that was that went down to 10 feet it's now all been widened to a uniform 12 feet um, as uh, the the planning board uh, approved it at 12 feet but asked us to take a look at that and we did take a look at that and was able to accommodate that uh the other thing the planning board asked us to do was um, you know, take a look at the um, the stormwater management on the property. It wasn't fully engineered and designed at the time we went to the planning board. It has been fully engineered and designed for this board. The materials have been submitted. Um, If you take a look at the stormwater report that's certified by the um, engineer, uh, you will see that uh, there is no change in the peak rate of runoff, which is a design criteria. And there's no change. In fact, there's a slight diminishment in the volume of, of water uh, during, the, during the, uh, the storm events. Uh, part of that is driven by the pervious pavers that you see in lots uh, one, two, three, and four. Um, again, something that the planning board was interested in us trying to achieve on this site, some greater infiltration, and uh, and the developer was able to accommodate that. Um, the other um, thing to make note of uh, is we could take a quick look at the landscaping plan. Um, uh, Eric, do you happen
19: to have that available? I, I do. Give me one minute to, to pull it up. It's a big file. Keep talking. Um,
18: yeah, so, so when, <laughs> the, when the landscaping plan appears, I'll point out a couple of things again that the planning board Did not insist upon us doing but asked us to try to uh, accommodate some of their feedback in the design, and and we were able to to accommodate it so I wanted to point it out to this. Um, uh, So here we are so. one of the things that the Planning Board was interested in is to, is to beef up the green area in the front of the building uh, on either side. And you can see it, the, the proposed landscaping plan does that as you walk up the front entrance. The other thing that they uh, the Planning Board wanted us to do is create some green space uh, between the parking. Um, uh, so we added in the angled parking some of the green lawn area that you see. Uh, by parking space number five, we added that uh, green area, and then we have the green area by spaces um, uh, seven and eight. I think it is. There's there's an access way there, so we can't put more green area to the to the left. Uh, there there are a couple of mature trees which we're going to try to protect protect and preserve, and particularly some mature rhododendrons that are highlighted on this plan. Um, Uh, But one of the things that we spent a fair amount of time on after the planning board uh, was to work up this landscaping plan um, and take their comments into account. Um, And the last item that I just want to point to the board's direction that also came from uh, the planning board was a uh, a lighting uh, study, The I think it's called a photometric study, so that we could demonstrate that the proposed lighting is uh, is going to be contained, you know, within the property, um, and uh, and if there is some, uh, uh, some some what I call off property uh, uh, amount of lighting, it's really de minimis. And if you see from this from the plan that's before you, um, you know, you have point 0.1 candle lights and point two, um, really, uh, there's a one point seven, but very very insignificant um, uh, lighting that uh, will go over the property line. Obviously, most of the lighting is designed for the walking paths uh, when people get out of their cars, and it's going to be you know the relatively low uh, lighting, like four feet you know off the ground. It's the it's the walkway lighting uh, that's uh, that's been that's been designed. That's something else the planning board wanted us to do to and wanted to see, and, and so that's been done and has been presented to you. Um, so um, if I uh, look at just to finish up with the planning board, uh, the planning board, as I said, unanimously voted to recommend favorable action on, on all the petition requests um, that, were, that we're making of the ZBA um uh we're, we incorporated the staff's comments um, as uh, we indicated we would the uh the driveway access in the unit in and egress access has been reviewed by DPw uh and drainage um, as I said are uh, now been fully designed and uh, no increase in peak flows no increases in volume uh, we provide the landscape plan, uh, which we just showed you. Recommendation to add border beds surrounding the parking spots, which we did. Um, we provided the lighting program and uh, and the drainage plan with calculations. So, um, with that, uh, let me just turn to uh, what we're asking the ZBA to consider, and then certainly um, open it for questions. Um, we are sitting on a lot that's 10,834 square feet with a minimum lot size required in the 8th floor zone, which is the underlying zoning district of 10,000. So we exceed that. And in the Humphrey overlay district, it's only 7,500. So we exceed that. So that's conforming. Um, frontage in the 8th floor district is, um, is 80, and in the overlay district is 70, and we have 100. So we're conforming there. As I mentioned to you, the front yard, we're 12.2 feet away, 20 feet's required in the A 4 zone, the underlying zone, it's non-conforming. 15 is required in the overlay district. So we are less non-conforming um, by five feet, um, but that's because it was the town's vision that uh, the, the front yard and the overlay in this in this Humphrey Overlay district did not have to be a full 20 feet. Um, with regard to, uh, to side yard, it's seven and a half, and we exceeded with 14.6 on either case. Uh, the rear yard, uh, as I mentioned, we have a uh, 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 relief from, from uh, the rear yard requirement. The rear yard backs up to that garage building. Um, lot coverage um, uh, is a 30% um. Uh, is required in the day for um, right now we're at 36 percent, 40 is required. Um, but in our proposed scenario, um, we are looking for relief because we're going up by one percentage point. So we're going to be non conforming with regard to, to lot coverage, and correspondingly with regard to open space. Um, we are going to be um, uh, uh, having sufficient open space to meet the overlay district requirement of 20%. We're gonna have 21%. We're going down in open space because of the parking, but we're still gonna be in compliance with what's required in the overlay district. And finally, with regard to height, um, we exceed the height, it's non-conforming because the structure has been just the way it is with the same roof since, it was built, uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly when, but about 100 years ago. Um, so that's a quick look at what's happening um, and where we sit with the dimensional requirements. So here's the relief we're looking for we're looking for a use special permit um, for six residential units in the overlay district. The underlying zoning district would allow us to do as many as eight and we're only doing six. So we're we, we're not maxing out the density of this structure. Again, I think to the credit, uh, to the developer's vision on, on how to proceed with this and, and to uh, not overstress the neighborhood. So we are asking for um, uh, six residential units under the uh, uh, the Humphrey Overlay District. We're asking for a section six find. A lot of discussion about section six finding tonight that I've been listening to. Um, and um, we, we have a non-conforming structure. Um, we're not modifying the non-conforming structure on the outside at all. We are removing the exterior garage. We are changing the lot coverage requirement. So we do think it's appropriate to ask the board to find that those de minimis changes um, uh, will not be substantially more detrimental to the neighborhood, but Technically, I think it is an appropriate finding for us to be asking for, and for the board to be uh, considering. Um, to the extent that it's not covered under, you know, our section six finding or our zoning, we are asking for a dimensional special permit or dimensional variance through the special permit for the requested nonconformities that we've identified. Um, This way, we know when the time comes, we could have a nice clean zoning opinion because the board focused in on the various dimensional nonconformities and and found found them to be uh, acceptable. Um, Parking is um, one and a half spaces per unit that's required. That would be a total of nine spaces. Nine spaces are being provided. Uh, so we meet the parking requirement, we uh, meet the size requirement for parking spaces, 9 by 18. Um, The driveway is less than 20 feet width. Um, That would typically be required. We only have 12 feet. That is why the driveway is set up as a one-way directional uh, 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 driveway. Um, uh, There's no physical way to create a two-lane driveway. And given the, uh, the the limited traffic flow for six units, we don't think that would be a wise thing to, to be trying to manage on this site. Um, uh, so um, uh, to the extent relief is required um, for the number of lanes in a, in a 20-foot wide access drive, uh, that's being requested. Um, design review in the Humphrey overlay District is a is a, 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 a series of criteria in the zoning bylaw. We requested um, waiver of design review. They're all exterior quality um, questions. Um, the planning board was supportive of it because we're not changing the exterior. In fact, that's exactly what the planning board wanted us not to do. We start changing the exterior. So, uh, we, uh, uh, we we asked for a, a waiver of compliance with the exterior design guidelines because we're not building uh, new construction. Um, uh, that's that's it in a nutshell. Um, and uh, you know, if you look at the application that Bob McCann submitted, it's pretty thorough in terms of checking off each of the relief that we're seeking. Um, and the, and the different uh, special permit requests that go with that. And um, I'll we I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll respond to any questions the board has.
1: Thank you very much, attorney Feldman. Um, is there anyone from the board that has any questions for the applicant? I I'd just like to say that um, very well done application and um, really have worked well with planning board and um, appears to be a very, um, Nice project, but are there any, any questions from the planning board and specific to the uh, presentation? Hearing none, is there anyone from the public by uh, using the raise your hand feature who would like to ask any questions of the applicant or the board? Or is there anybody raising their hand?
2: Nope, does not look like it.
1: Well, that's a well done application. <laughs> There's no questions.
18: Um, you know, I will point out one thing um, just in the in, because I, I, I think it's appropriate because it's an issue that came up at the planning board. They wanted to make sure that our construction vehicles wouldn't be parked on the street, that we would accommodate we figure out how to work on the property. And the answer is yes, we can do that. So if the board wants to impose a condition that construction vehicles won't be on the street, because we understand where this is located in the downtown area, that that um, we uh, we we could we're willing to accept that condition because we understand the need for it and we'll, we'll, we'll work around it.
1: And what about the other comment form? So uh, um, just to make sure, you're going to comply with the fire and sprinkler requirements that are yes. by the fire department. Yes. And private trash collection.
18: Right. Uh, that's the answer is yes. Yes, that's correct. Okay. And it's going to be a condo association obligation.
1: Okay, great. So, or,
18: or a, if it's not, if it's not going to be sold as condominium units, it's going to be a multi. It's going to be the landlord's obligation.
1: Okay. Well, so we can just make that a condition of our relief. Okay. Um, is there, before I constitute the board, is there anyone that wanted to make um, a motion? I I expect I, I actually had an email with uh, Attorney McCann today, and he told me he was doing much better. So, I'm sure, either you or Attorney McCann would offer to write a, a decision on this one.
18: If if, it's a, if there's a favorable vote, I'll, I'd be happy to write a decision. <laughs> if it's unfavorable, I'll be happy to write a defective decision.
1: Okay, so is there? Anyone on our board who wanted to make a motion here before I close the public hearing, constitute the board.
5: I'm, I'm happy to do it, Mark. I, I'm oh, right, my, right. Uh, I'm up. Um, okay. I just I just before I make the motion, there's a lot of boxes checked here. There's use special permit, dimensional special permit. There's special permit for non-conforming uses and structures, special permit for parking and loading requirements. And then there is the special permit for the Humphrey Street special permit, special permit for site plan dimensional variance. Is that did I get that all right? Yes, you did. You you that's all right. Each each one of
18: those is uh was marked on the application. Thank you, Mr. Paul.
1: And and I think that the application does a nice job of of listing on four pages in. If you have the printed one. Of the relief that's requested um, specifically in waivers. And then there's a comment about um, a finding because of uh, that you know, any existing non-conformities where the loss were subdivided, granting relief for whatever nonconformities presently exist. I think that's relief that you'd be looking for by variance to the extent necessary, or actually, I think we probably do it by special permit.
18: By special permit to vary the dimensional requirements.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So why don't I do this, Brad, I'm going to, I'm going to make a motion to close the public hearing and constitute the board as um, Heather, Paula,
0: Brad, Tony um, and Dan. Okay. Um, So
1: on my motion to, to close the public hearing. i am um, a yes, is there a second on my motion? I'll second. Okay, so I'm a yes, Brad's a yes. Dan? Yes. Tony? Yes. Andy? Yes. Heather? Yes. And Paula? Yes. Okay, so Brad, if you wanna make a motion.
5: Sure, and Mark, do you have the planning board, are there, you said there are conditions?
1: Uh, the conditions that are just to comply with the um, you could say the comments on the staff review from
0: See, There's a little blood on our bathroom
11: rug. Oh, oh
0: i um, so, so, so uh, ask whoever's speaking there
5: the,
10: I don't want to have that in
5: the, the <laughs> All right. Um so then, what was that there was there was a comment about blood on the bathroom rug. <laughs> you you no so yes. so comply with the comments of the planning board staff report and and the
1: uh, right the planning planning board actually I don't have the separate letter for the approval in front of me from the planning board I know I have it but is I that can pull it up. Yeah maybe that'd be helpful for Brad as he's making his motion.
11: Sure. Give me one
0: second.
10: Um, it's
0: explaining. Okay. So just these
2: four right here these four conditions
1: and I, I think they've taken care of i see two and three and uh four
18: right right um, right we, we we've taken care of two three and four and with regard to number one we look we looked at the driveway access and made it a uniform 12 feet that's reflected on the plans uh we the unit egress was he was reviewed and there are proper egresses from the two basement units that will meet building code and the comments that uh Mr. Korniski you pointed out from DPW uh for purposes of sprinklers and all that that's going to be there and the drainage study has been done it's shown on the Engineer drawings that there's going to be onsite infiltration and, uh, and impervious uh, material
5: for, for those parking spaces. I identified. So, what I'll do is I'll just reference what's the date of this? Yeah, it's not. Uh, give
2: me one second. I pulled this out of my e- email. I apologize. I neglected to put this one on the drive, but I have it as October 20th.
5: Okay. So even though you've complied with all those, I'll just set that as a condition, just, you know, it sounds like you've met all the conditions, but um, okay. So uh, I am going to make a motion uh, that we grant the following relief on petition 2119 uh, to grant a use special permit, dimensional special permit, a special permit for non-conforming uses and or structures. Special permit for parking and loading requirement reduction, special permit for Humphrey Street, special permit, uh, special permit for site plan, and dim- dimensional variance.
1: We're not going to give a dimensional variance. Well, sorry.
5: Yep. 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 Uh, scrap the dimensional variance, um, and that the uh, the petitioner is required to comply with all of the conditions as set forth in the October twentieth. Yes. 2021 uh, staff report from the planning board um, as presented at uh, at the hearing tonight.
0: Okay, is there um,
1: a sec? Well, yes. Okay, is there a second for that motion? I'll second. second. Okay, so I have um, Heather on the second. So I'm going to take a roll call vote. Brad? Yes. Heather. Yes, Paula. Yes, Um, Tony. Yes, Dan. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, well done on the uh, application. Wish the applicants petitioners. Good luck with their project. Um, And thank you very much.
18: Thank you. Can, uh, can, Can somebody give me a sense of when you want to see a draft decision by.
1: When you want to see it by.
18: Yeah, yeah when I do mean, you, when, when do you want to see it? Like, uh, I, I don't, um, with this vote, when do you have to file with the town clerk within 14 days? Is that how it works? No, no,
1: I, so if, if you, whenever you get a draft decision to to Brad, you, you can send it to Marissa, she'll right. Brad, or connect you with Brad for email, and and then he'll, once you get it to him, he'll turn it around very quickly, I'm sure, it's his experience we don't vote on it after. It's just Brad will sign it, send it to our town clerk for filing, mm-hmm. and that'll trigger the 20 days.
18: Yeah, I, Brad, I'll try to get it to you before the New Year's, but it may slip to that first week after the New Year's. Whenever
5: convenient, of, yeah, for you. Given all, of all the year-end
18: stuff going on,
5: okay. Understood, yeah, I'll turn it around as, as quickly as I can after I receive it. Uh, thank you very much, and Mark, I know you a call. all right
0: take your time (laughs) time. okay all right good night everybody good luck okay bye-bye thank you
1: okay so the next matter that we have um is petition 2126 and now being after 8 p.m um for three oceanside terrace and of the application of uh, Madeline Pisto, present.
16: Uh, My name is Stephen Livermore. Um, I'm an architect in Salem. I'm the architect for the project. Uh, Madeline and Matt Pisto are also on the Zoom so they can answer questions. Um, We have an existing uh, cottage. It's on a separate lot, but adjacent to uh, the Pisto's primary residence, and what they would like to do is some improvements on the cottage, um, basically modifying the roof structure, and also incorporating an existing uh, enclosed porch and an existing covered porch into the living area. And uh, you'll, I think you you've seen the drawings. It's fairly straightforward. Um, Pardon me.
2: I was just going
16: to say, we'll pull them up. Okay. And the existing cottage is around 500 square feet. And we're really just increasing that footprint by adding a uh, covered porch to the new center entrance. And the drawings are fairly self-explanatory. One of the things or one of the reasons why we're changing the roof structure is that the uh, headroom in the existing cottage is fairly low and we'd like to make the, uh, the cottage more livable. Uh, Matt's mother lives there and uh, we would like to continue that. And uh, I guess that's about it. Um, if you have any questions, we can answer them. And uh, the drawings are fairly self-explanatory.
5: Can you bring us through the drawings even though they're self-explanatory?
16: Yeah, uh, basically, if you're looking right now we're looking at the site plan and the existing cottages to the lower right of the site. And there's an existing a part of the existing garage on the property is on this site. So um, the the netted area is open space, the hatched areas are the existing uh, building area. And if we could, I don't know I, I have control to go down or not. I so. know uh, I
2: have the control, so just tell
16: me okay. when. Um, so, yeah, we could go to the next, next drawing that shows uh, the existing footprint, the existing crawl space, and as you can see, the, the whole front of the building, which is at the lower piece, there's an existing enclosed porch, and then there's an existing covered porch. And in order to improve the living conditions in that cottage, We'd like to incorporate those into the interior of the space. And you could go to the next drawing. Um, This shows the, the current elevations of the building. And it shows a fairly low headroom. A lot of the headroom in this is under seven feet. And it gets to 410 in one of the back corners, but that's really gonna stay as is. So the improvements are intended to kind of make that a better condition. Uh, we can go to the next uh, drawing. Um, so this shows the proposed site plan, and the actual uh, building area only increases by about twenty five square feet. That's based on existing footprints and proposed footprints. And um, that's you know that's basically the intent of that drawing. Um, the proposed uh, floor plan, in court is it incorporates and allows us to have a larger bedroom on the right and a better living space uh, sorry a larger bedroom on the left and a better living space on the right with the uh, with that new covered porch at the bottom which is just basically to give you uh, some protection as you go into the building and then we can go to the next. The, uh, the pistos wanted to add a little bit of interest in the, on their side of it. So we put uh, two small dormers up in, the, up in the roof structure, but they would just add light into the uh, existing one story building. There would be no second story or anything like that. But the general intent of the new roof configuration is to provide uh, more headroom in the living space. And again, that's basically
1: the presentation. Are these separate lots that...
16: Yes, yeah, the the cottage is technically on a separate lot from the main house. And our calculations are based on the lot that's uh, to the right of the site plan. And I had discussed that with Rich Balducci, and that's the way he wanted to present it.
1: Well, are they, are they in separate ownership?
16: I believe so. They are Rich considered them separate ownership, yeah, or separate lots.
1: Well, there's that's, I'm just wondering about issues of merger, zoning purposes where you have nonconformities, if it if it is, in fact, separate lots or not.
16: That's the way he asked me to present it.
0: Right, but you don't have the deeds for either property. No, I don't. No.
5: Mark, are you? You do a quick you... search in
0: Patriot properties, Mark.
5: Well, you just want to know if it's owned by the same. If, 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 if the piece is
1: both. Merger um, of, for zoning purposes, whether they become one lot for zoning purposes and if it should be analyzed. And we've got a lot going on, if it were just one
0: lot. So, um, it would we'll be, do a quick Patriot property scan, or, as I say, that's
16: Rich actually told me to do it that way. That's the way we presented it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, yes, they're both owned by Madeline Pisto. Um, one 147 is the lot with the principal structure, and one 148 is the lot with the cottage.
0: Uh, Actually, I
1: might have it backward, but. But at least Patriot Properties is reporting it that the assessed owner is both, is the same person? Correct. These are all existing currently, all these structures, right? So it's.
16: Yeah, there's nothing. We're just basically doing improvements to a structure that's there. We're not.
1: Yeah. So I don't know that it makes, in terms of, um, Analysis from zoning. I don't know that it'll make much difference if you were looking to put something more there. Um, so let me just look at your setbacks here. And, and, and sorry, you know, i I thought I had the letter from uh planning board here, but I don't see it right now. It's...
2: Uh, this uh planning board or from the planning department from Molly,
0: maybe well, so there was
1: no jurisdiction for planning board, right? Because of course, right. Uh, so we just have all right. So I have the comments from Planning Department, I believe, right? Molly.
2: um, let me see. Oh, I don't have them in the drive. I don't know if she submitted let any. Let me double check.
0: Fire. Uh, da, da, da.
5: So, Mark, wouldn't it just diminish the the existing nonconformity?
1: Well, so if um if if we have a zoning merger, what it would do is if you have a nonconformity on one of the lots, zoning would look to minimize the nonconformity by combining them for zoning purposes so it's then treated as one lot um, so if if that were the case, these are all protected under forty a but just as we saw from the Malata case, the, the changes they're making need to be conforming changes. So it looks like they're fine on lot coverage because they're still under the 30%. It's not, it's not a non-conformity. Um, the, er, everything looks like it's fine because it's, it's still the same distances on that non-conforming side yard setback. Um, so I don't see that there's anything that's triggered by these changes that would uh, would be required It looks to me once again the same analysis that we saw earlier that it find it um, if they're all conforming changes same as we had on uh, Puritan Road.
10: Mm-hmm.
16: Hopefully, this is a little bit more uh, straightforward than Puritan
1: Road. <laughs> Everything is more straightforward. Yeah, I, I would hope so. <laughs> but the 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 analysis of uh, that we had there on um, a single or two family. So, is this is, how many re- residential units are here on this? If it were a combined one, two. Oh
16: is a single family that the Pistos live in and this is a cottage that okay. the mother-in-law lives in. So it would
1: be or two family and, it, right. So I, I think that that analysis, as long as they're conforming changes, which they appear to me to be. Um, so I can't, can you blow that up a little bit, Marissa? I can't see. Right, so frontage size of what rear are Okay, dumpsters stored in the area. Okay, so I see this as is very similar to the earlier one. I think it's just um, a finding that. Well, first I should ask if there's anyone from the public that wanted to be heard about this petition. Please use the raise your hand. No one, I assume, Marissa.
2: Does not look like it now.
1: Okay. So would anyone care to make a motion on this? It's for just that same analysis, but a
0: a finding that they're all conforming changes under the Bellotta case.
5: This is an easy one. Paula, I think, looks very, very interested.
0: I'll help out if uh, anybody has any questions with it on, you know, the details of it. Paul, are you thinking about it? I don't even know how to word it. If you word it for me,
3: right.
1: I'll help you out with it, okay?
16: <laughs> yeah. I try, but I'm not on the
1: board, so. <laughs> I'll make the motion for you, okay?
8: Yes, please.
1: Austin, we can put that together. Okay. So first I'm going to make a motion to close the public hearings and, and I'm going to constitute the board as, um, as myself,
0: Paula, um, Brad, Heather. You need a fifth one. And
1: Myself, Paula, Brad, Heather and um, Tony. So um, I'm gonna, so I'm a yes. Do I have a second on that? Second. Okay, so I'll just do a roll call. Brad? Yes. uh, Paula? Yes. Heather? Yes. Tony? Yes. uh, Dan? Yes. Andy? Yes. So I'm going to make a, a motion to um, make a finding that, pursuant to the of case, that the um, the changes that are proposed by the petitioner in petition 2126 are all conforming changes do not increase any of the existing non-conformities subject to the conditions
0: um, of the fire department, which
1: recommended a PEX residential sprinkler system to be installed to the plumbing of this building. That okay, Steven?
16: I mean, it's a single unit. I'm not sure why we need to sprinkle.
0: How about I do this, that that um, the petitioner um, obtain the approval of the Swamp Squad Fire Department for um, any upgrades they may require to the existing detection devices
1: um, and or residential sprinkler system up to and including a PEX residential sy- sprinkler system, um, which will ultimately be decided by the Swamp School Fire Department, whether it is necessary. So I'm we'll gonna leave it to them. You can work with them to try and see if you can negotiate something uh, less.
16: Yeah, I'm just curious as to why that's even a, 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 on the table, because it's a single unit. Generally it's three units, about three
1: units. The, the fire department is telling me because of the proximity to the other building. All right, uh, Okay. Person, that's what they're saying. sorry right. um, if you can convince them otherwise, that's fine, but I'm not gonna think I'm gonna- But that was a saying.
16: comment from the fire department.
1: Yeah. Okay. Not for me, it's from James Potts. All right. And also, um, the um, I believe the planning board's other comment was that trash be uh during the construction be on site any dumpster um and planning
0: or board of
2: health
1: was that was that um uh, i thought it was in the planning did i see something there in the planning note? oh sorry
2: then it, uh, planning department not planning board
1: planning planning department excuse me was that the uh comment took it down for yes me.
10: So that
2: was the
1: comment, yes. Okay, so do I have a second on that motion?
5: Second.
0: Okay, so I'm a yes, Brad's a yes. Paula? Yes. Heather? Yes. Tony?
1: Yes. Okay, so you have your relief. <clears throat> Paula and I will get a, a decision drafted and filed in the next, I would say next week or 10 days. And then you have a 20 day appeal period to wait and then you can pick up a certified copy of the decision from the town clerk to record it and then get your building permit. So good luck with your project.
0: Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Okay, so the next and final petition of the evening is 2127, now being after 8 p.m., 22 Berkshire Street, um, Ms.
20: Martin Epstein, how are you? Locked out. Hi. Uh, Kim Martin Epstein. I don't know. We're trying to. We're both in the screen. Peg Martin Epstein. I I, I made our back blurry. I guess I can make that stop. All right. Uh, So tell
1: us about your request for relief. Sure.
20: So we are uh, requesting um, relief that's connected to um, building a new back porch. Uh, our existing back porch needs to be rebuilt it's just old and in disrepair so in addition to building the back porch uh, anew, we'd like to screen it in. So the initial piece that you can see on the submitted um, drawings are, you know, just screening in and a regular yes. porch. I think, um, Marissa, do you have them to put up. Yes, oh, thanks oh sorry i i i can see our architect um alexander peterson is on screen as well sorry <laughs> hey. so um so you will see, shortly see the opulent drawing of our back porch and um and then in connection with that we just wanted to add um an open piece so the the existing uh porch is now going to be have a roof and a screen side and then we wanted to uh, have the lower piece um added as a kind of a just a, a low deck um so the relief that needs to be needs to be sought is due to uh i think it's i think it's mainly due to the rear setback um so yeah the plans show a privacy sort of a privacy screen at the end of the deck which um, I think due to the height requires uh, relief. Um, and I guess I will just say that um, if you know this neighborhood, we are very cheek to jowl. they are 5,000 square foot lots. And um, notwithstanding the fact that everybody's fence is probably at the right level, um, everybody's deck is higher. And so, you know, we're basically in a fishbowl and, you know, we're two- two women and a teenage daughter and we'd like to be able to sit in our backyard with a little bit of privacy. So I think what we are adding here is in conformity with, you know, the style of the neighborhood. I think it actually improves the general condition of the neighborhood. Um, I think a lot of people have thrown up open decks that are quite high. And so this is actually considerably more private than um, the other features in the neighborhood. And um, the, the side yard, I think um, in the application you'll see that there's an existing nonconformity on the side yard. Um, we are not changing the nonconformity. The existing four and a, a 4.7 foot um, nonconformity is remaining the same. So the only issue, I believe, for relief is the privacy screen as it relates to the rear yard setback.
1: We have that. I'm just wondering about the um, that deck. Um, could I see the picture of it again, how it's covered? Right. Or?
20: So the back deck, the, the, the open deck is not covered. I um, We had had, oh, so this is the older, this is the older drawing. I'd submitted a, a, a new rendering. Um, Mr. Baldacci had recommended that the, the way that the that corner was covered almost like with a pergola, would be viewed. Let me could, just check for those renderings. could be viewed as a roof, uh, yeah, sorry, you sorry.
10: know. So
20: I, it wasn't. It wasn't our intention to build a roof. It, we thought a pergola was as, as a slotted feature it was just a slotted feature, but um, not intending to create a new, a, a new, a new, uh, a new cause for uh, requesting relief we sent in additional uh, drawings that show it without. So if you are inclined to view that as a roof, then we're happy to not have it be a roof, <laughs> but um, I think that's, that's up for your, your decision anyway. But, but so we sent in some new drawings to show it without the slotted sort of pergola top.
1: So the, the only thing, I'm, oh, so we, you'd be 13.9 feet from The rear yard lot line, and you're asking for a dimensional special permit. I just wanted to.
20: But so so just just yeah right to be clear, I think it's just for the open piece. I mean the there's no we're not adding to the house. This is you know this is basically like a low flat, a slightly raised deck.
1: Right. I'm, I'm just trying to. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't remind myself if the open deck counts in, and I believe it does and it's projecting eaves it's which I'm thinking of. I'm trying to think of what the section is so I was just looking for something in our bio and if anyone else had any questions yeah
5: you, are you talking about when it's attached to the house it can yeah. go right up to oh well, yeah it's...
1: whether or not that if we can
10: provide
1: relief into that side yard setback beyond the dimensional special permit relief, which is 20%. But so, I
5: believe if it's attached to the house, there's a difference. It's, it's uh, limited to a, it's like 100 square feet or something, 10, 10 foot off of the main house structure.
1: Here it is, 2.3.8.2. Projecting eaves, chimneys, bay windows, balconies, open and enclosed, fire escapes and the like, projections which do not project more than five feet from the line of the foundation wall. And unenclosed steps, unroofed porches and the like which do not project more than 10 feet beyond the line of the foundation wall, do not comply with the yard regulation. Otherwise provided for the district once the structure's built provided that a five foot setback from all sides and rear property line is maintained so what's the um because the foundation so it's not supposed to extend more than 10 feet from the foundation does the the roof structure where you're enclosing the porch does that have a foundation
20: no no, it no it's yeah it's just it's built the same way the existing
12: it. Exactly. It, it'll, it'll it'll be on um um exposed beers so, so mark so it, it will be open basically on the bottom of the actual so, so it's, it's not an actual so it's, it's an enclosed porch so it's a three um not even three season. Right. 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 um right. so right. it's not uh, part of the house in a sense um um yeah. not 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 a conditioned space
9: andy what were you going to say i was going to say She can't have. She can't have the. It looks like she really has to just skinny up the deck by two point one feet, then she can get her twenty percent relief and make make it instead of being thirteen by twenty three. Maybe it's got to it's got to be like ten nine by, you know, it can be twenty five. Just go the other way.
1: Right. So this is what I see that we have authority to give you on a dimensional special permit is to give you four feet of relief from what the existing, what the required minimum setback is. So the minimum setback is 20 feet. So we can give you 20%, which is bringing you to 16 feet from the rear lot line. So you'd lose a few feet of the deck, is the, the issue. But if-
9: You can just a, change the dimension of it.
1: You just gotta change the dimension of it. If it were, if it were a patio you built, you'd be no, have no problem but where it's a raised structure, that's where it triggers our, our jurisdiction. So you could, if you wanted to step off and have another step down and just have it all a patio, that's not a
9: problem. We don't have jurisdiction over that. You could go... And Mark, I, th- I think the quid pro quo for that too would be that if, they, if they're at 16 feet, they can have the lanai.
1: They can. True. At 16 feet, it could be it could covered be, over the hot tub. Yep. So, what we have authority to give is to give you, and I don't see any issues with this relief except for that one, the, the, how close it is to the rear yard setback. We can't give you more than what we're allowed to, and the maximum would make it at least 16 feet. So, you can be right to that 16 feet. I recommend you do. Fifteen feet, eleven inches, so that you're sure you're, you're there. But that's what we have authority to give. So I think we could give you all the relief here, asked for here, except for, you know, up to that point, it's going to be sixteen feet from a lot line. And you can have. I mean, it. but
9: you, and you can change the length of the deck from twenty three point seven five to twenty five or twenty six.
1: Right, you could do that. That's not a problem. So, you know, we can give you the relief and just make it conditioned upon it, it on no closer than 16 feet from the rear lot line and that it be within the side yard setback, no, no, closer Rear yard setback. Um, no, on the side yard if they were to the make
20: other, it. Yeah, there's the other way. side, right. The other side.
1: Right. If they were to make it wider, Andy. Right. Make it further away from the rear lot line, but make it. Um, Extended out in the other direction, perpendicular. You
12: guys
20: okay with This, this destroying makes the yard look very large. It's not so. We'll we'll find the uh, inches right. well, wherever yeah, they
1: are. Two feet, three inches off it, and and you have there's not much. Let's see. So the side yard setback is in that in your district is seven and a half feet. You can't bring any closer where it's already four point seven on um, the Thompson Peterson side. Right. On the other side, you could extend it out to the point where it's you know up to um, up to seven and a half feet, so you can make it
0: mm-hmm. longer. So
12: okay. just to be clear, this is sixteen feet from the rear to whatever structure that starts right right yeah. and
0: then of, you like, can do, put a roof on it you have no
12: actual um, um, uh, restriction as to how big that open deck is or is there any kind of oh, like
1: it's, it's just going to be conforming with we can give you relief to bring it to the 16 feet on That's the right but on the on the side yard you have room on one side to make it make it wider on that end okay no problem
20: and, and we can have the pergola lanai roof back if we yep. want.
1: Correct. Nice,
10: that's nice. Andy, do
1: you want to make a motion on this one? I'll close the public hearing.
20: Uh, sure, um, I mean, do you uh, want- to ask for public comment first, Mark? I'm sorry. Is there anyone,
1: I didn't know anyone else was here. All
20: right, actually, can I just confirm so the and the privacy screen is not an issue?
1: That's not an issue.
20: It's,
9: okay. Mark, I just want to make a, a, a question. Do you, are you just, happy to have it be 16 feet from the rear setback and let them draw it the way they want? Or do you want them to come back since it's a pool for like next summer? Do you want them to come back with a drawing so you have the exact size of the porch?
1: I, I think that would be the safe approach, quite frankly. We could do it at the January 11th meeting, which is soon and that way there's no, um, dispute that if anybody, anybody brings up the question of, well, that's not what was in the plans that were approved, we would be able to see the revised plan. You could show if you want to cover it with your pergola and we can bless it. So we could, um, why don't we, we could give the relief tonight subject to the review at our next meeting and just take a look at it, make sure it's compliant and, um, and sign off on it and file the decision then.
20: Can we go before Elm place, please? He
1: would would put you on first.
20: Thank you. Thank
1: you.
10: (laughs) Um,
2: I do have a hand raised, so.
1: So Before we give any
0: relief, let's hear what. Uh, This will work. Um, This is from Paul. Hi, Paul, you should be allowed to. Yep, there you are.
17: Yeah, um, my name's Paul Hayes. I live at 33 Norfolk Ave, Um, the rear abutter to 22 um, Berkshire. And one of the questions that I had was the 20 foot rear setback. Uh, And and uh, given what they're doing, because the structure that they're doing looks very nice, and I think it will be an improvement to the neighborhood. The 16 foot, I'm I'm agreeable to that. Um, I just want as much space as I possibly can to my backyard. Uh, the, real, the biggest question that I have is the height of the chimney for the fireplace. It's a two-sided fireplace that shows and the height because where it is, if the wind blows, the smoke is gonna come into my bedroom windows and my, I'm, I'm sure my screen porch, uh, my screened uh, door, on the first one. And that's what I'm concerned about. My wife has asthma um, and also have other uh, I have grandsons that, that sleep over here occasionally and they have asthma as well. My wife is on in, an inhaler as it is. And I'm just concerned with what do I do if my house fills with smoke? What am I, who do I call? What do I do?
1: Um, well, first,
17: Mr. Hayes, I apologize for
1: uh being a bit presumptuous and not thinking anyone else was here on this petition. No, yep, that's fine. Um so next let me ask the um the architect um if she has any comments on your questions. Is this wood burning or
12: gas? It's wood. Uh, this is wood um my comment on that is that we want to comply with what the fire department will say and if that would be an issue for um so when we were um designing the fireplace we were fully aware that um um you know there's going to be questions from the power department and we definitely want to make it you know safe for everyone including the homeowners themselves obviously and including the actual neighbors um around uh, the neighborhood so we're not intending for it to be um you know any kind of hazard um to be uh, for any any, any and no, no, none of the owners and none of the neighbors around
1: and um Mr. Hayes, one thing I could say, just whether it was a wood burning fireplace or someone who had a fire pit that was right up against on the on in your backyard, if if the smoke is going to your yard, it's causing a nuisance. You could call, um, or the there there. I think there are a couple of different entities that might get involved, um, and you may have civil recourse as well. So. You know, we haven't been um, in cases before where we've regulated that I can recall a wood burning fireplace. We've had commercial uses with uh, restaurants where we've been concerned with odors. And so, what I would do is I would just caution the petitioner, um, or I'd suggest that we caution the, the petitioner to take steps to make sure that uh, appropriate measures are taken to um, minimize uh, smoke from affecting butters and other neighbors. I mean, we could even put that
17: as a condition of our relief. There are filter systems. I looked into it a little bit. And there are filter systems that are available for fireplaces. I don't know if that's something that Swampskirt maybe should look into for any future you know, fireplaces that are built. That would be part of the stipulation to take out the pollutants and in the smoke that might be helpful Um, and then the only other question I have is on the privacy screen I think it's a great idea it gives them privacy and it gives us privacy Um, it's just to make sure that it does get built and um, if something happens to it whether a tree falls on it or whatever it gets damaged or in future some of the wood rocks out of it, that it be replaced with the hot tub that's going in there, gives them the privacy and us the privacy and just would like the stipulation that it, something happens to it, it that it actually does get built and that um, it would be replaced if that's a possibility.
1: Well, I would, I would think that, you know, we don't put in a condition on when somebody give relief for any type of structure that if it's destroyed, that it be rebuilt. I'd suggest that it'll be part of the structure, part of the home, and it would be insured. Um, and likely the insurer would require that it be restored, if there were a claim, if there were damage. Uh, but that's not something we've um, we've stuck our nose in at all to require uh, that it be- and, and
17: I'm just thinking for their privacy and our
9: privacy, that's all. That's good. Andy, were you going to say something? I was going to say I missed. Hey, Paul, it's Andy Rose. I missed. Yes. Uh, You're concerned about the fireplace—is that it's not high enough, or the, just the
17: chimney? The chimney where it, where it's coming out of the roof—it's right at the second floor bedrooms theirs as well as mine, and and all the houses in the area are all large houses. And it could get caught down at a lower thing and come right into right into the house. That's that's my concern.
1: Well, you know Andy, I'm thinking if if, if we're gonna have the redesigned deck come before us.
9: Yeah, let's have them have the Lanai and let them let them vet with the fire department, yeah. the, the building code of the, you know, we're not here to regulate the building code, but let's mm-hmm. make sure that they got the right height.
1: You know, maybe you can just listen to what uh, Mr. Hayes's concerns are and if there's some way to make it better uh, or to satisfy that it's not gonna be a problem for him on the wood burning fireplace with the height of the chimney. And we can take that up at our next meeting. We'll put you on first on January 11th. Terrific. Okay, so that's not okay to, I, I should ask the petitioners if they're willing to continue to our first spot. the agenda January 11th.
20: yes we are that sounds
1: great what I I would say on that also is we do have that in place and it looks like that whole elm place is just gonna be uh, quite involved and we're gonna if we do have a January 18th meeting I might look to ask you to continue then to January 18th and again put you on first so right now it'll be continued to January 11th but we'll let you know in advance if we are going to put it off for January eighteenth.
20: Can, can I just ask one thing, um, Alexandra? Given the um, new uh, research requirements, in, you know, for the for the chimney and um, for the redesign, is the eleventh enough time to get? through? I mean, do we want the eighteenth to begin with? I don't. I don't want to. Sounds I just don't like a- we're going to have a
1: hearing on the 18th. That's why. Oh, you
20: don't know if you're going to do it. Sorry, I thought earlier on it sounded May like. Not.
1: Were- that's why I'm, I put one other matter on. All right.
20: Today. All right. Okay. That's fine.
1: Yeah. But if, if you're not ready, just ask us and, and let Mr. Hayes know that you're going to ask to continue to the next meeting. It's not a problem for us.
20: Okay. That, no, the 11th that should be fine. Okay. I'm just going
1: to ask you to sign a continuance electronically for when Marissa sends it to you. Okay, Let so a
2: um, email sounds
1: good. Okay, so I'm gonna make a motion to continue this matter to January 11th with the approval of the petitioner. Uh, so, do I have a second on that? I'll second it. Okay, so I'm a yes, Andy's a yes. Um, Brad, yes, Dan, yes, Paula, yes, Tony, yeah, Heather, yes. Okay. So we'll see you on the 11th, okay? And thanks everyone. Thank you for your you. patience, and I hope everyone has a great holiday. And I think we can adjourn. Yes,
0: That's good.
4: Everyone yeah, have right. a great holiday. Be right.
2: out right. next week. So any decisions that might happen to come in, just be sure to CC Sue on them as well, so that way she can get them um, filed.
1: Okay. Okay. All right, have a great vacation. Happy
0: holidays, everyone. See you right, in the new nice year. Too. Thank, Thank you. you.